so so we're going to continue with our um, with our series so as you recall last week uh, you know we were looking at the uh, at the various objectives and uh, you know, unscriptural methods maybe it's uh, it's useful if i uh, if i just uh, go back to the chart that we had uh, find it uh, yeah there we go so uh, so you know we <clears throat> we looked at the you know in the area of developing skills and abilities right and and there's just a subtle change to how you look at it right from a worldly perspective or a biblical worldview perspective um you know instead of uh, for developing skills and abilities instead of being a means to build the the self worth and confidence of the child uh, the self esteem of the child you know dance and spirit uh, you know when you look at uh, the need or our desire to have our children be well adjusted psychologically you know in terms of how they uh, they deal with people right uh, you know so so a worldly goal is you know you do things with a goal to get people to to really manipulate to to achieve what you want so you can think about this you know from a uh, from a worldly perspective say when you're going to a for an interview or something right if you're going for a job interview which a lot of people these days are busy interviewing for jobs um you know you uh, you tend to sort of figure out well, what is it that they want to hear right uh, and uh, let me uh, uh let me figure out how i can get them to to like me right how i can manipulate their thinking by saying the right things um it's a fairly natural thing to do uh but um, you know when it comes to looking at it from a biblical world view it's it's you know finding your worth in god and serving others so you you do things or you 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 build that relationship and you want to have be effective with people you want to be a people person not in order to manipulate them but rather to really serve them right and understand their needs so your love for christ you know and, and uh, as jesus said you know the greatest commandment is to love the lord your god with all your heart and uh, love your neighbor uh, as yourself right uh, when we look at a desire and the desires are all fine there's nothing wrong with the desires it's a matter of what is the goal or the mentality or the motivation behind the desire that we talk about here that is it so that we'll get the approval of people to be uh, uh to be regarded as good parents oh they must be such look at their kids they're so good you know they must be such good parents you know uh you know or is it you know because you're looking out for the interests of others you want your children to behave well you want your children to be respectful you want your children to love others right you want you want their inner nature to really reflect that uh, christ like attitude right uh, that's a biblical world view goal um when we talk about good education you know there's nothing intrinsically wrong with uh, having a decent education and doing well um you know but uh, from a worldly perspective you're looking at that in terms of achieving academic awards and recognition Uh, good grades you know so that you'll get a good job so that you'll get into a good marriage 
so that you can make a lot of money and uh, be successful, you know, and get hired. You know, why, why we, we always want to send our kids to the best institutions, right? Uh, is it, you know, why do we want to do that? Okay, what is our goal? And if you, if you uh, get it down, it's all about, you know, we want them to go to recognized places where, uh, where people will say, oh, they must be good because they went to that place. They went to, you know, you pick your college, right? If it's, if it's in the US, it's an Ivy League college or Harvard or MIT, or he's an engineer from MIT, well, then he must be very, very smart. Um, you know, and, uh, but, uh, but what is, what, how do we look at education from a biblical point of view? You know, it's that, you know, we, we, you know, we want to have a good education. We want to well in our education. Why? Because we want to be faithful stewards, right? Uh, God, and, and we just want to look for faithfulness, not necessarily the outcome and not the grades and not the reward and, and not all those kind of things, right? The, the you know, the, the, the top rank and all these kind of things. It's, it's, but it's learning to work and study diligently because that's what honors God, right? You do that. God has given you the ability, the brains, the capability to learn, and you want to uh, certainly use that to, to glorify him, right? And uh, this goes back to the whole goal that we talked about, which I'll just remind us in a minute here. Um, and then uh, salvation, right? So when we move from the, the uh, you know, move closer into the spiritual realm, you know, uh, all Christian parents want their children to be saved, right? Because we think that, you know, that's, yeah, I want to do all of these other things. I want them to be good in their studies. I want them to get a stable job. I want them to be, you know, be well-behaved and I want them to, you know, please people and all those things. But I also want them to be saved. So it's like you want to, it becomes a more of a tick the box kind of thing. And we're, we're happy as long as they're saved and, and then after that, was baptized, you know, and people say, and you can say, oh yeah, they go to Calvary Bible Fellowship or whatever, you know, um, you know, and you can see, just see when, when, when certain, when children, when certain children start straying away, you know, how the parents, it's like a, it's almost like a state of panic, you know. Uh, I mean, I've had uh, calls from uh, certain parents in the past where, you know, their child didn't come to the meeting for two or three weeks or whatever, and. Uh, this parent from the Gulf calls me up and, uh, you know, starts berating me uh, because honestly, he called me up and he said, uh, you know, I heard that my daughter hasn't been to church for two weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, and I said, uh, okay, um, I hadn't really noticed. We have a lot of people. I don't get along to talk to everybody, uh, you know, and all that. And then he starts berating me saying, how can you, you're the elder of the church. You should, you should know when, when the kids are coming and when they're not coming and, 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 and there was this sort of panic in the voice that said, oh, my kid hasn't come to the meeting for two weeks. You know, she's going astray. Um, you know, and uh, of course, we had to have a nice little talk. We had to explain to him that, you know, um, some realities of life here. But um, nevertheless, the point is that, you know, people think that as long as my child is saved, they've made a profession, they've been baptized, they're coming to the church and, and you know, everything is great. You know, everything is good. I can tick the box, right? Uh, but, uh, but really, if you look at it from a biblical worldview, you are not going to be satisfied with that. It's not really about salvation. I mean, salvation is like the, you know, bare minimum. Okay, the bare minimum. It's just a starting point. Of course, you want them to be saved. Of course, but you want them to be genuinely saved. You want it to be something that, uh, that is a result of God uh, and the Holy Spirit working in their hearts, right? Uh, and what you as a parent need to do is not, it is not your job to get your kids saved. Okay, I can tell you that. 
it is not your job it is not your responsibility but what is your responsibility is to teach them the way of ways of god to communicate the gospel to them to to uh, live a, a gospel oriented life so that they see what is repentance what is faith right and it's not just about salvation but it's about your own life and and it's very interesting and in this particular case where i happen to know this family whose father called me up about his daughter and and uh, you know i happen to know that uh, that there were serious problems in the family life that led to severe issues in the you know in the life of his uh, of his child uh, you know of his daughter and um, and they were responsible for that right but now they were sort of transferring that responsibility to the elders of the church because you know she hadn't come to the meeting for a couple of weeks uh, but uh, so it goes much beyond to spiritual nurture to are they growing in spiritual maturity do they understand the very basics you know are they are they on that journey towards being confronted with their sin and their need for salvation and then beyond salvation you know is the change in their life genuine that leads to you know sanctification in their lives and then family worship right so so again it becomes a ritual right the worldly thing is you know um, you just substitute rituals i mean it's no different than then uh, you know your hindu families i mean they are much more uh, rigorous uh, about these things you know i remember when we were living up in vista uh, you know the the family across the the, the road from us um, you know the husband would get up every morning he would come with his little bowl and he would go and pluck all the leaves and the flowers and this and that and the other and go into the puja room and uh, you could see it from outside and do his puja i mean the wife did it an hour later you know so these people are are really you know very pious about it you know they really believe that if they don't do those things you know bad things are going to happen right so very often you know and that's really a, a worldly thing right it's because of your world view says you know i got to appease the gods and so i got to do these things uh and very often that can become the case with even with these spiritual things like salvation and and family worship right it becomes a ritual um you know uh, and a substitute for for real application right so if you're looking at it from a little world view the reason you do family worship is not as a ritual not to tick the box not to uh, you know not to please god not to appease god god has already been appeased by when the lord jesus died he died for all your sins okay you don't need to appease god uh, but it's a means for us to get closer to god for our children to understand god better for them to understand the importance of seeking god for them to understand the importance of prayer right and it's a it's really to be used as a vehicle for shepherding and nurturing them right and that's that's very important so it's very important that we think about and really ask ourselves you know why am i doing this why is this important to me why is their education important to me and are they getting the right message from the signals that i send by what i say right when i berate my kid for getting a b plus instead of a a or or an a a minus instead of an a plus okay what is the message that i'm sending okay now you ought to know you know why now is the is the child you know what's the capability are they working hard are they being faithful now they're being unfaithful and 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 uh, you know not being diligent by all means you know have that talk with them but again don't make it about the outcome you know and say things like well look what's going to happen to you if you don't get your good grades you're going to end up going to a lousy university or college and and then you're going to end up not getting a proper job and then who's going to marry you at this you know all kind these are all things that that maybe some of you have heard from your parents no doubt some of you i can see you guys so maybe some of you are smiling there uh, but uh, you know so 
we talked about the uh, the uh, the goal right uh, you know about uh, you know the chief end of man right so so you know man's chief end is to glorify god and enjoy him right we really want to teach our children <laughs> about god right we want to nurture their heart towards god we want every interaction with them to be leading them towards a better and better and better understanding of god uh, and how he you know how they need to enjoy him how they need to him, right um, so teach your children to use their abilities aptitudes talents and intelligence to glorify god rather than make their lives better so the reason you glorify god is not not as a ritual it's not to get his favor it's not so that you'll get good grades and get a good job and all of those kind of things it's not any of that it's because you know he is god and he is worthy to be glorified okay and you glorify him by living your life a certain way right and uh, and this is something that you have to always remind yourself you know i, I remember with one of my i think i explained i gave this example uh, with one of my children where you know I, uh, it was obvious to me that he was going down a certain path because you know he was uh, he was being steered by his siblings okay who were telling him that whatever course of study he was doing was not um, you know was not uh, really uh, going to be of any use uh, well, who does that you know kind of thing okay and it's very unfortunate that he got that advice and and, and he was struggling with it, you know and uh, you know i let him go down that path for a little while and then you know uh, finally i i realized where his heart was and we had a talk and and i had to say look you know what stop worrying about the job and i said why why are you going down this when this is the other thing is what you really want to do that's what you're really interested in okay go and do what you're interested in because your grades are suffering your you know this is you know you're obviously struggling in this thing and he said well because and what's everybody else going to think of me okay so obviously he was more concerned about what his brothers and sisters were saying to him and all that uh, and others as well i guess friends whoever and uh, you know i had to tell him look you stop worrying about it okay i i i if this is what you're interested in i think that's an interest the lord has placed in you let's just turn it around you know go and go and change change your major okay and he did and uh, and he steadily improved right and you could see that change in him right and at the end of the day you know even for me i had to set aside because even i thought man what kind of job is he going to get with that kind of a degree but i had to set that aside and say you know what let's leave that to the lord you know the lord will provide the job in whatever field at the right time uh, you know but uh, but there's no point in this child struggling you know and trying to do something that that doesn't interest him that he doesn't have the aptitude for trying to force fit him into that uh, and that's just an example about education right and like that you can follow that for and and today we're going to start moving into the 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 two sort of key methods we have to train and discipline our children or, or as the title of the course is to shepherd a, a child's heart so um, you know um, uh, that that is really about communication we'll get to that but um, uh, you know again um, a, a core theme here is about the heart and in fact today we are really going to talk about how do you, you know, how do you go about uh, you know training the heart or shepherding the heart of a child right so we are uh, just as a reminder the goal here is is not just pure behavior modification rather it is um, you know it is to uh, to be able to um, you know to see that uh, our children uh, that their that their hearts Are, are are changed and they they do things for the um, you know for the rather than make their lives better rather than 
you know, get uh, praise for themselves, uh, you know, rather than to glorify themselves. And, and, and uh, you know, this goes back to the uh, verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, which says that, so therefore, whatever you do, right, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And of course, this is a principle that applies to, you know, to, uh, to every um, uh, area of life. Okay, it's, it's not just about raising kids, but uh, for a Christian, this should be the overarching purpose. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's uh, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your family life, whether it's in your personal life, you know, uh, you know, what are you glorifying God by the decisions you make? Are you glorifying God by the things that you do? Are you glorifying God by the lifestyle that you choose? Uh, you know, and, uh, and what is that doing? Uh, you know, are you really accomplishing this? Right? So keep this as a goal for yourselves, for your families, for your children, that you want your children to, uh, you know, to, uh, to really uh, imbibe this, right? That, that their purpose in life is to glorify God and to enjoy Him. You want them to, to model what it means to enjoy God. And to enjoy God means having that faith and trust and, and confidence that, that He can take you through any situation and turning to Him, um, you know, and taking pleasure uh, in, in his workings in your life and, and making exposing that to your children. So we looked at the fact that the method does matter. I'm not going to dwell on that. We looked at some unwanted methods of parenting, uh, you know, things like emotional appeals and bribery and, um, you know, uh, punitive correction, like threat of punishment. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, so with that, with that, we're going to come to the two elements that, um, that are really part of, um, uh, you know, what, what, if you look biblically, you know, what are the, the, the tools that are given to us biblically to shepherd uh, our children's uh, heart, right? And, and this, uh, today's lesson is going to focus on that, one of them, which is communication. Uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, I'd ask you all to read uh, chapters 8, 9, and 10. I don't know if we'll get through all of them. We'll try to get through as much as possible. Uh, but this one is critical, and, and I, 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 and we're doing this first because, you know, uh, it's really the more important, and it's also, you know, even when you talk about the other one, which is the rod, which we'll talk about next week or the week after that, uh, you know, it's um, the that needs to be done together with communication. There has to be a balance, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes here. So it's very. It's not an either or, it's a both and, okay, both the rod or both communication and the rod, okay, not either the rod or communication. The rod never should never be used without communication, which is why communication itself is, uh, you know, it, it really supersedes the rod, uh, you know, in the perspective of what's presented to us in the book. And, and I would tend to agree with that because, you know, when you when you use a rod, there's a risk that it can become very cold discipline. It, you can, you, can uh, you know, take your authority too far. Uh, it becomes very cold and, and, and punitive. Uh, and when you mix that with the rich communication, then, then you know, you, you, you mitigate that risk. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, and rich communication, it provides uh, a context for honest communication. Okay, so... So, you know, remember, the, our goal here is to, is to know the child 
and uh, and get the child to know himself. You know, the child needs to understand why he does the things he does, why he has rebellion in his heart. Uh, you know about uh, the reality of sin uh, and all these things, and uh, and so you know communication really does this. Also, also it, it's it's sensitive. It helps you to build that relationship with the child. So what you want, uh, you know, uh, with a child, and, and again, we'll talk about this a little later, uh, either today or next week, is uh, you, know, you want to get to where when the child grows up, you have sort of that, that good, respectful communication, right? And in the early years, you know, before they get into the teenage years, you're sort of building them, setting the groundwork for that, and, and how you know, easy or difficult um, or challenging it's going to be, once they get up to those teenage years is all sort of determined by really what happens in the first, uh, you know, seven to 10 years. Okay. Uh, and that's why, uh, you know, building this communicative relationship, sensitive relationship is very important. And then of course the rod has a part to play, but it's really complementary. It is not primary. Uh, I would say very clearly that when it talks about shepherding, you know, we are not talking about punishment. We're talking about shepherding, directing, getting the child off the wrong path into the wrong, into the right path, you know, getting them off the, 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 the sidewalk onto the main road, you know, uh, that, that really, uh, you know, requires uh, communication. Okay. So, so let's just start off. We'll talk about what communication is, and it's important that we understand that. Uh, and uh, just, um, um, uh, but before we do that, just to, to go back and, and just uh, make sure that we understand that these, Things are taken from the from the from the word of God, right? So when you look at the Proverbs, okay, I'll just read a few verses in Proverbs 23, verse uh, verse 13. You know, it says, "Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death." Okay, so we see that it's talking about the uh, about the rod very clearly, right? It's talking about punishment with the rod, disciplining with the rod. Uh, and it's sort of saying, you know, uh, don't think that, 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 you know, you are going to kill him because a lot of parents are afraid to use the rod. Uh, but that's not the, um, that's not something that uh, we should be concerned about. Of course, if you, there are ways in which you can misuse it, uh, but we'll talk about that when we talk about the rod. And then it goes on to say, my son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Uh, listen, the last uh, verse 19 says, listen, my son, and be wise and keep your heart on the right path. Okay. So now he's switched and he's not talking about the rod, but he's, he's, he's instructing the son to listen. Okay. Listen and be wise uh, and keep your heart on the right path. If you go to uh, verse 22, uh, it says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. So do not despise the instruction of your mother. Listen to the instruction of your father. And then a father speaking to a son in verse 26 says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my way. So uh, we see there the balance between using the rod and yes, but also listening to instruction or giving instruction that your child should be listening to. Okay. So um, with that, let's talk, let's start talking about what is, uh, what is uh, communication. It's very important that we understand that, you know, very often, we make the mistake uh, of thinking that communication is um, is talking, right? Communication is uh, is uh, is just talking and uh, you know saying something and 
learning how to use the right words, the strong words that really make the point. Certainly that's an aspect of communication, but, but uh, a very important principle, and this is not necessarily in scripture, from scripture, although it's there in scripture, is that, um, you know, is that uh, communication is, is, is dialogue, okay? It's not a monologue. It's not sitting somebody down and lecturing to them with the strongest words uh, you can, right? In Proverbs 18, uh, verse 13, it says, he who answers before listening, that is folly and his shame. Or Proverbs uh, 18.2, it says, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinion. So, uh, you know, a person who just talks only about himself, only wants to hear himself talk, okay, he's not really trying to understand. So communication requires understanding the other person. It's two-way. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. Uh, and um, you know, and, and a big part of that is listening. If you, if you don't even in corporate circles, they'll they'll teach you this thing about being consultative and 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 communication skills. And they spend a lot of time talking about uh, about listening, right? Your listening skills, owning your listening skills. And 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 all of you have experiences, and I've experiences when you're sitting down talking to somebody and you're having a conversation with them. You know, uh, it's like you're just waiting for them to stop so that you can say what's in your mind, right? The moment they start, or maybe you've gone into the conversation with a preconceived notion that this person, you know, you know, you know some details about what the situation is and you, uh, you, you come in there saying, you know what, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to say this, 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 and you've planned it all out in your head uh, and, and the sequencing, everything is there. Maybe you've even written down notes, you know, and, and you just want to go out there and, and bombard them with this, right? And, and then they start talking and you don't even realize that, you know, they've gone in a completely different direction, but you can't wait for them to stop so that you can just say what you want to say, right? And, and then, of course, the, uh, w- what happens is that when they keep going on, you know, you still want to say what you want to say. So you interrupt them and say, you know, you, you sort of impose yourself, right? This is quite common. Uh, I'm sure we've all experienced that. Either we've done it or we've been the receiving end of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, that kind of... Uh, Communication, which is one way, it doesn't really help you to, to really dig deep. Okay, The purpose of the kind of communication we're talking about here is to dig deep into the heart of your child. Okay, Use it as a way, uh, and it's not some five-minute conversation. This is a lifelong thing. It's you know, for as long as the child is with you. Uh, it's, it's building that relationship where you're taking the time to talk to them and understand them and letting them speak. And it's only when they speak that you understand their heart, right? So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, this is what the Lord Jesus himself said, right? So we need to take these principles and, and apply them here. Um, you know, so you have to learn to draw out the thoughts of the other person, in this case, your child. And, and this is not a very easy thing to do. It's actually a very difficult thing to do. It's much easier to just get a stick and spank them, okay, and be done with it. And, and, you know, we live in a quick fix, you know, micro world, microwave world, you know, where everything is ready within, you know, it's at our fingertips, it's, it's fast. And if our, uh, you know, if our uh, browser on the phone, you know, uh, just uh, starts loading slowly, we get irritated, right? Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and we want everything quick. But this kind of communicative relationship is not a quick thing. Sometimes it can be frustrating, it can take your time. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But you need to focus on, on understanding. And that verse I said in Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks so tries to under, understand what is going on inside the child okay the why why are they doing this and it's not and you may know why they're doing it but the process of communication is about helping them through expressing themselves to understand themselves better okay why did you do that you know why did you hit your brother or why did you hit your sister or why did you say that mean thing okay to him or her right so it's it's really putting yourself in the in the shoes of the child uh, and and uh, and this then enables you to know you know how do you respond to it, right what aspect of the gospel do you bring and it's only when you understand the heart that you can bring the gospel when you understand what the struggle is that this child is going through that you can then think through and and know what to you know what what part of the gospel is it is it does the child need to understand more about sin do they need to understand about holiness of god do they need to understand about the remedy for sin right what what is it and remember the centrality of the gospel right in all of this you got to keep the gospel in the back of your mind uh, that my goal here is that uh, as my child grows they get a better and better understanding of the gospel so that they they become fertile ground to respond okay to uh, to that uh, that call you know at the appropriate time when god calls them right from from death to life um so so this is a, a really critical you know learning to help your child express themselves right this is this is a skill that uh, that that you have to develop it doesn't come overnight uh, it uh, you know it can take uh, a lot of time it requires experience okay so so i know that people come to these classes and all um you know and they are they sort of frustrated with their kids or they think you know that there's a quick uh, quick fix solution to everything okay there's not all right and i'm i'm just want to emphasize that point before i i go ahead you know um uh, you know this this skill it's a skill okay and let me read uh, proverbs 20 verse 5 it says counsel in the heart of man is like deep water okay but a man of understanding will draw it out so think about a deep well or a, or a, or a, or a bore well you know you know how uh, you know lately they've been digging bore wells in several properties around where we live and and uh, and it takes them two or three days to of 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 intense work to go down and get that water and and to draw it out right or even a, even a conventional well right right the, the water is there but it's you know uh, so many feet below the ground and you've got to you know go through that effort of sending the in the old days right the i remember my home in kerala we used to have a well like this where you know you would have to let the bucket down and then you know start pulling and after a while you know in the old days you would just you know it would just be a, a, a rope or something then they started adding those pulleys so that made it a little easier but it was still a lot of effort and when we were kids and we would go there was like a fun thing to do to fill a bucket with water you know from the well um, and uh, but but that's the picture here right Uh, counsel in the heart of man is like deep it's not on the surface right what you see the action of the child on the outside is is all surface stuff okay it's it's what uh, what 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 is the result of what's down there but you know what is in their heart is is like deep water you know you got to just delve in there and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill and go down you know and it requires understanding okay a man of understanding will draw it out so you've got to draw it out of them okay and this is a skill that um, that takes time to develop it takes experience and you will get more experience you know as your children grow up as you do more of it 
uh, you as you have more children, you know, because they're all different. Uh, so you you develop more uh, experience in this, and it's 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 not easy. Um, you know, it's like any other task that you're trying to learn. Uh, it takes a lot of effort, and uh, you know, you may you may not see the results right away, but you have to be at it. Okay. The other point I'll mention is that it's very important. Okay, that uh, um, that um, that you as a parent, as father, mother, you know, that you are keeping yourself built up and sharp spiritually if you want to be a godly parent, okay? if you want to be a successful godly parent, um, because um, that really aids you in this, okay? That gives you understanding. Your fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How do you become a man or a woman of understanding that Proverbs 25 is, is telling you? And, uh, you know, it's not worldly wisdom, okay? It's not worldly wisdom. This is something the God has to help you. The Holy Spirit has to guide you, um, you know, to, to, to use those experiences to, to get that depth and understanding of your child. And that really won't happen unless you are in tune with the word of God. Okay? And, and that's why, you know, uh, you know when, when, when you have trouble, uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying it's, 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 uh, it's always the case, uh, 100%. You know, raising kids is a very complicated thing. Okay? But, but I think you'll find that, you know, when... When your spiritual life is not good, okay, is not strong, when you're not reading the word, when you're not spending time in prayer, when you as a husband and wife are not uh, spending time together, when your marriage is struggling, uh, you're going to have trouble with your kids, okay, uh, and, uh, and vice versa, you know, when, when things are going well, and you're focused on the right things, and you're studying the word, and you're growing, and, and this just comes back to, uh, you know, a, a very important point, which is, you know, marriage and raising children, and I mentioned this in my message yesterday at, uh, at Timothy's wedding, uh, you know, marriage is, a, is, a, is an important tool that God uses, marriage and parenting, uh, you know, in the journey of sanctification. I think God wants to, wants you, and that's true with everybody, that's, that's true with your time of singleness, it's time, it's true with your time of, uh, you know, preparation for marriage, it's time, it's true with your time of a marriage, and then it's true with your time of being a parent, that that God is using these phases of life to mold us into the image of Christ. Okay, so you can't separate your parenting from your spiritual journey. Okay, the two are intertwined. For a, for a believer in Christ, the two go together. Okay, don't expect that if you are having, uh, you're not having a healthy relationship with the Lord, and that's not a priority for you. Don't expect that you will that things will be just smooth sailing. Okay, uh, even when you do, it starts smooth sailing. So you can imagine. What it's like when you don't have that godly wisdom, uh, you know, in your mind, and you're not being built up spiritually, right? And of course, you know, uh, parenting uh, is something that requires prayer, you know. And um, you know, I was just talking to, uh, chatting with one of my one of our close friends, uh, family friends of ours, in uh, back in in, uh, in uh, the U.S. in Atlanta, where you know we used to be very close to them. They they used to take care of our kids. Uh, we used to take care of their kids, you know, and uh, the you know, they've got younger kids than us. Um, and in fact, the, the husband, actually, we were, we were just sharing that he actually attended my wedding, you know, um, you know, way back in 1993. And then later on, they got married and they came live in the same place. And we became very close. But we were just talking about how the kids are growing up. And, and uh, you know, the, the sister there was telling, uh, telling me about how, how she worries about, you know, the the kind of people that are out there and kind of life partners 
they'll they'll pick and, and all that and you know my my comment to her was you know what uh, you know we can't there's so much in life that we cannot control so we have to leave them to the lord you know but but nevertheless you know we have to set that foundation right and we have to uh, we have to do that in a godly way and then trust that the lord will lead them and the things that they learn and the principles that we teach them through this communication that happens during their uh, their their childhood years you know will stay with them and will help them make those wise decisions right and uh, and we said there's never a guarantee at the end of the at the end of all this you have to sort of commit them to the lord and uh, trust that uh, you know that uh, that that your efforts you know the lord will use them to direct their hearts so so this is very important that you 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 don't give up on this you know you stay at it okay and uh, you know uh, really uh, it's critical to get to the heart uh, to get to the the struggle so every child is going through a struggle okay uh, internal struggle with sin right so why do children do why do they disobey why do they hit other people why do they show meanness why don't they show love you know it's very simple you know in sin my mother conceived me right every one of them is born in sin and and we need to be sympathetic to that because you know what uh, you know we should all be willing to admit that none of us are perfect okay we all struggle with sin every single moment of every single day okay uh, maybe as you mature spiritually it becomes less and less of a struggle but but we've all been through this right so um, so just understand your child is no different okay so if you're expecting perfection from your child if you're expecting the child to know everything and just automatically become good you know uh, that's never going to happen okay you're dealing with sinners here uh, you know and that's true whether you're dealing with your husband or wife or your child so so remember that the purpose of of communication of the kind that we are talking about here is to really go deep uh, and to and to get a sense of what are they struggling with to understand that because you know the the beauty of this is that the gospel has the answer to that struggle okay the bible has the answer to that struggle you can explain that struggle to them you know uh, from a christian world view right and that, and that just helps to solidify their understanding of scripture and their understanding of god uh, which which will then as they grow up and they build on that you know you you get some some uh, you know uh, some great results so patient uh, so we talked about how you know communication should be dialogue and not monologue and it's really about trying to understand so go back to the heart okay the 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 attitudes of the heart and shaping the heart nurturing the heart of the child um, you know this is what we one of the first lessons we did you know and and the purpose of communication as i said there's two main uh, tools that god has given us right there's the rod and reproof okay reproof is what you call instruction or, or, or in this case we are broadening it to say communication and i explained several times or i made the point several times that the communication is really what is more critical um you know and and this is something that every parent needs to learn and it takes a lot of practice it takes a lot of patience uh you know it's not a quick fix uh, you know formula driven approach uh, it requires a real spiritual focus in your own life which which i'll talk about in a in a, in a little bit here uh, but it's really focused on the heart it's about getting your children to express themselves okay and it's it's a it's, a, it's like that proverbs 25 talks about the you know drawing out the deep waters of the well you know uh, a man of understanding draws it out you know you have to 
literally draw out of the heart of your child the attitudes that are driving the external behaviors uh, that you see, right? And, and to let the child or get the child to see that what he's really struggling with is a sin in his life, right? And this is the, this is the early stages of, of communicating the gospel to them, okay? Because ultimately the, the gospel message is, is you know, the, the concept of understanding the concept of sin is foundational to the gospel message. Because if there is, if you don't understand sin, then there is no need for the gospel. Okay, they have to understand they're a sinner. And there's no better way to do that than to, I mean, there's no better time to do that, no better way to do that than to look at the behaviors of a child, especially in his or her early years, because almost everything they do, okay, is reflecting their sin nature in some way or the other. Um, and so it's a great opportunity to do that. So keep that in mind, okay? And, and it's not, uh, again, I think one of the dangers that, that we run into or one of the challenges we run into is that we are, we are always, whether we want to admit it or not, we are trying to change behavior, okay? We are trying to change behavior. And so we get frustrated when we don't see the behavior change, all right, immediately, or we don't see it. And, and I always get these questions. Well, I, I've done all this, but you know, I don't see any change, okay? Um, you know, it's not going to change overnight, okay? You have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And, and, and somewhere you'll see something click and the child over time will start getting that sense. And you have to keep reminding him or her of what we've been telling them before and point back to, to previous things and, and keep drawing and drawing and drawing to bring out the, the real uh, thoughts of their hearts and help them to see, okay? The child is to see the evil in their heart, okay? Uh, so that they themselves are repulsed by it, right? And then you, you of course, communicate to them the, the antidote or the answer to that, which is the, you know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ and his, uh, uh, you know, his death on the cross, right? So, you know, moving on, you know, how do you deal with, with ish, internal issues with the child, right? What are, what are some of the issues that, uh, that, that you need to uh, deal with here? And we're just going to look at, look at a few of these, right? Um, so, you know, first of all, you know, what is the temptation that they're going through, right? So, so typically when, when you're, uh, when your child behaves a certain way, you know, it's because of some temptation, right? They've been tempted to do something, you know, this is temptation from selfishness, temptation of, you know, covetousness, uh, you know, whatever it might be, right? Uh, you want to understand uh, what are the possible responses, okay? Uh, you want the child to, you want to walk through these things with your child. You want them to understand it, right? So you know what, the reason you act that way, why is it, right? Uh, and then how can you respond to that? What are the ways, the good ways and the bad ways, you know? Uh, you know, my, my, my sister or brother, you know, is, uh, did something to me, okay? They, they made a face at me or they made fun of me or, or whatever, they laughed at me, okay? Um, you know, and these are all normal things, you know, uh, that, that happens within children. But, you know, uh, and what is the nature of the temptation? The temptation there is they want to respond, right? They want to stand up for themselves. What are the possible responses, right? We can either give it back to them in kind, you know, or, or, or you can take a different response, which is perhaps to ignore it and not respond in kind, right? So you want to, you want to walk through this with them. Um, you want to then uh, walk through the motive for those responses. Why is it, what is it in their heart that is making them respond in this way, right? Uh, and then, you know, if they chose a sinful response, you want them to understand that, you know what, that's not the right response, right? So if they're taking out 
So the, the motive for the response might be revenge, right? I want to get back at them. They put me down. They hurt my ego. You know, they, they hurt my feelings. So I want to get back with them. So therefore I will, you know, I will say something even, you know, twice as mean as what, what my brother said to me or what my sister said to me, right? And you want them to understand that, you know, that comes from a motive of revenge, right? And then walk them through, uh, why is that sinful? Okay, well, uh, you know, you go to, uh, you know, Romans and it tells you that, that, you know, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord, right? Vengeance or revenge is something God has kept for himself. Okay, uh, this is not loving. It is not what God wants us to do. You know, the Lord Jesus taught that if someone, you know, hits you on the right cheek, you give him the left cheek. Now, that's not saying, the point there was not that you, you, you get hit all the time, but the point is that, you know, you don't, your response shouldn't be because they hit you, you hit them back, right? It is to absorb that and to respond in a very different way, right? To respond in a godly way and not a, a sinful way, okay? So keep in mind also that when you deal with your child, uh, there's two things, okay, that are very important. Okay? One is that, that uh, is to understand your status, okay? And, and this is something that a lot of parents get messed up on uh, you know, because uh, they, they, they don't take this in balance. Okay. First of all, remember that you are, you are above the child. Okay. We talked about authority, right? God has given you authority over the child. Uh, God has given the child to you to nurture, you know, bring up in the, in, in the nurture admonition of the Lord. Um, you know, he has called you to a role of discipline and correction. So, so you're not on an equal level with the child. Okay. You are above the child in terms of authority. Don't ever lose sight of that. Okay. You, you are in control of this conversation. But on the other hand, you know, uh, yes, you have authority, but you are also standing beside him or her because you too are a sinner who struggles with the same sin. Okay. So, you know, your child responded in anger to his brother or sister, okay, or to a classmate or whoever or a friend. Um, you know, just keep in mind, never forget that, you know what, you've got an anger issue. Okay? If anything, they probably see it in you and so they think that it's okay. Right. So therefore, while we have that authority over the child, let's remember that, you know, in the eyes of God, you are just as much a sinner as they are, right? And therefore, uh, you know, you need to, um, you know, not lord it over them. You need to, um, you know, you need to uh, realize that you are beside him, that you are a sinner. And, and this is the balance that will help you to avoid that abuse, okay? When you punish your child, don't do it in anger. When you punish your child or you're disciplining them, um, you know, you do it realizing that, you know what, he or she is a sinner just like me. Okay, God forgave me despite my sinfulness. You know, I need to forgive the child. But yes, God instructs me. Okay, he chastens me. I need to instruct and chasten my child. But at the same time, remember that I'm also a fallen human being, right? And I can be overcome by, by temptation to, to, to satisfy my anger, uh, temptation to show my power and authority, you know, and take advantage of it, uh, take advantage of my size, uh, take advantage of laying down the law and, and, and making sure the child, so, so trying to use, you know, fear, uh, uh, fear of my anger as a way to control the child. And so always keep this in mind, okay, where do I stand relative to the child in terms of authority, but where do I stand in terms of my relationship to God? You know, I'm not that different um, I just want to go back to a section in the book where, um, you know, the author here, Ted Tripp, points to some, uh, some um, uh, questions, right? So this is on page 78 
um, you know, and he's, he talks about an example of where the, say a child has beaten his sister or hit his sister. Okay, and uh, it says the why did you line of questioning never works with children and rarely with adults. Here are some more productive questions. So you can see the nature of these questions are very open-ended. Okay, they are not intended for you to necessarily get a yes or no answer. It is intended to get the child to talk and express herself or himself. Okay, number one, what were you feeling when you hit your sister? Now, you know, that's a good question to make the child start to share his feelings. Okay. Um, and of course, they'll say, I don't know, you know, I don't know. So you need to probe, right? Um, what did your sister do to make you mad? So were you mad? Yeah, he'll probably say, I'm mad. Well, what, what happened to make you mad, right? And again, by this, you're not shouting at him. You're not berating him. You're trying to understand. You're recognizing that, you know what? You know, I recognize that your sister did something, you know, to make you mad, right? What did your sister do to make you mad? Help me understand how hitting her seemed to make things better. So now you're taking the conversation in a slightly different direction. You're, you're trying to get him to think about his reaction and did that really do any good? Okay. Did that really help? Did that really make things any better? Right. You know, how did hitting her, you know, obviously you hit her because you felt that was the right reaction and it was going to make you feel better or it was going to make things better or maybe she would stop making you mad. You know, help me understand how hitting her seemed to make things better. Uh, number four, what was the problem with what she was doing to you? Okay. So, so why was that? Why did that bother you? Right. Uh, and again, there's no rote answer to this, right? There, there's no, notice these are just questions, right? Uh, so you have to become the expert over time to know what question to ask and how to ask it and what the next question is and based on their answer to adjust the way you deal with it. <clears throat> In what other ways could you have responded? Well, what else could you have done besides hitting them, right? Um, you know, how do you think your response reflected trust or lack of trust in God's ability to care for and protect you. So now you're trying to get them to think something about, you know, God is supposed to be your protector, right? He's supposed to be the one who takes care of you. You know, you took matters into your own hand, didn't you? Right? So these are just some open-ended questions that you, um, that you focus on uh, as, you, uh, as you deal with the child. Okay. So, so that's, the, that's sort of the key background there. And, uh, you know, we're going to move on and talk about uh, uh, really uh, the, the, the most important part of this lesson, which is the different types of communication. So we might think that communication means just talking, as I said, you know, saying a few things, responding to a situation. No, um, you know, uh, communication is, uh, is, uh, is actually multifaceted, right? And we're going to talk about some five or six different ways of communication or types of communication. Um, you know, it's actually, uh, about, yeah, uh, and we're going to talk about each one of them. And they all sort of go together. Okay, there's a fine line between them. And, and the point here is not to get caught up in, in um, trying to figure out what is what, okay? Because you tend to, in any given situation, you, you might have to use multiple of these, okay? In some situations, it might just be one or two. In others, it might be multiple or more, more of them together. But, uh, but we need to, we really need to master these modes of communication or these types of communication. We need to understand them and uh, we need to get good at using them. Okay? Practice, practice makes perfect. And, uh, and really the basis for this is, the basis for the principle here is that, the, or the principle here first of all, is that different situations require uh, different 
you know, customized communication. Okay, it's not one size fits all kind of communication. Okay, there's no, not sort of one tone of voice. There's not one set of principles you're trying to communicate. Uh, it, it we have to uh, we have to uh, adjust according to the situation. We get this principle from First Thessalonians chapter five verse fourteen. Now this is not talking about specifically about uh, about uh, raising children, but uh, but it's actually talking about dealing with people in the church. Okay, so Paul is telling the Thessalonian believers, you know, he's just it's towards the end of First uh, Thessalonians in chapter five, uh, and he's giving them these sort of exhortations or final instructions, and he says, you know, recognize those who labor among you, uh, the elders, and so on, esteem them, and then he goes on to say. You know, be at uh, be at peace among yourselves, or maintain unity and and peace. And then he says, uh, now now he starts addressing different kinds of people in the church. Okay, and you can apply this to to your children as well. So he says, and the principle here is that you know uh, that we're trying to establish is that you know for different situations, you know you have to use different ways of communication, okay, or different types of communication. So look at this. It says, now we exhort you, brethren, okay, uh, warn those who are unruly okay so we exhort you brethren you know we encourage you brethren okay uh, warn those who are unruly okay so uh, or um, you know uh, the, the unruly means those who are sub, uh, insubordinate okay those who are not obedient those who are stirring up trouble right so so there's warning there comfort the faint hearted okay so there are some people who are faint hearted they are fearful they are they're not as grounded in the faith. They're not as strong. What do they need? Okay, you don't go and uh, you know you don't go and uh, warn them. Okay, you don't warn them saying, "Hey, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, or if you don't strengthen your faith, then you know this and this is going to happen to you." Right? That that's not the right approach. Instead, you have to comfort them. Okay, they're going through a difficult time. You need to you know, and this is quite typical when people go through um, you know the uh, uh, I remember when I went through my difficult time. Uh, you know, people would come and start making, giving me lectures on the sovereignty of God and all this kind of thing, you know, and, and honestly, it was the most irritating thing, okay, uh, because, you know, it's not like I didn't understand the sovereignty of God, and, and, and the last thing I needed when I was going through a time of, um, you know, time of coming to terms with, with a difficult situation was, was a theological lecture on the sovereignty of God, okay, that's not, that, was not, that's not, that wasn't the time for it, right? What, what you needed there is somebody who would comfort, you know, somebody who would understand, somebody who would just listen, uh, somebody who would just sit with you, you know, and, and just pray for you and, and speak comfort to you, right? Um, and, and show that, that you are there for them. So comfort the faint-hearted, okay? And then it says uphold the weak, okay? There are weak believers, okay? You need to uphold them. You need to go, go you know, it says, uh, you know, in Romans, uh, I think it's chapter 12 or 13, you know, bear, you know, bear one another's burdens or bear each other up. Okay, you have to hold each other up, hold the weak. And then be patient with all. You know, and all of these you you do, you, you have to be patient. Okay, see that no one renders evil for evil, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all, right? So pursue what is good. Don't render evil for evil. But the key point here is that you know there's exhortation, there is a warning, there is comforting, there is upholding. And the point there is that every situation is different. Okay, every situation with your child is different, and your job as a parent is to have the wisdom and the understanding and the 
foresight and the patience to think through it and decide, you know what, what's the best thing that I need to do? My child is doing this. Okay, what do I need to do? Do I need to warn them? Do I need to encourage them? Do I need to build them up? Do I need to instruct them? Okay, do I just need to comfort them? Do I need to understand what they are going through? What, what is behind this? What's in their heart? Do I need to just comfort them? Maybe it's fear. You know, what they need is security, right? Uh, you know, do I comfort them, right? And, and that's really uh, what this, uh, you know, the premise behind uh, this whole chapter nine in the book is. And, and with that, we're just going to, we're just going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, and talk about each of these things, right? So, so the first one, um, you know, um, and, and by the way, before I get into that, there's a point made in the book, which is, you know, that, that we do great harm when you fail to discern what type of communication is appropriate to the moment. And, and I know, you know, uh, this, is, this is very difficult. Okay? I, I, I mean, I've got so many cases even now where, you know, I just don't take the time to discern and I end up communicating absolutely the wrong thing. Okay? Maybe I use the wrong language. Maybe I use uh, a raised voice when that's not what's needed. And, and, and you can sort of gauge, you can gauge whether you're doing the right thing by the response of the child. Okay, when the child responds uh, in the wrong way, typically that's, that's, that's something you need to ask yourself, Am I, did I do the right thing there? You know, should I have given them some instruction instead of a warning, right? Uh, should I given them some encouragement? You know, what is really driving uh, the child here to that behavior? So with that, we'll, we'll move into each one of these and uh, we'll talk about encouragement first. So I think we all understand what encouragement um, or the word encouragement means. Uh, you know, we've all been encouraged in our life. We still have people that encourage us. So encouragement is, is, is a very positive thing. It's an inspiring thing. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's intended, you know, words of encouragement, right? Uh, you know, and encouragement is actually a gift, uh, you know, uh, you know and, and it's, it's really meant to, to uh, you know, when somebody is down, to, to just lift them up. Okay, so... And, and the way that we use this is or the, the, the situation which uses is really when a child understands that he's wrong, okay, or, or, is, or, is, or is being pained by failure. So if you, if you talk to the child and you draw them out and you understand, you know what, they know what they did is wrong. And maybe they're disappointed that they keep failing, okay, you know, and, and they tell you things like, you know, uh, you know, and you say that they do something wrong and you say, well, didn't we talk about this before? You know, um, did we say that you should pray about this and ask the Lord to help you? And, um, and they say, yes, I know, but I forgot or, or I, I'm just mad at myself because I failed again. You know, that, that's, that's sort of a, a sign that what they need at that point is encouragement. You know, they're not being rebellious, all right? They're not doing what they do out of rebellion, but it is a genuine failure. And again, it's, 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 it's the, 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 the key to this whole thing is having that conversation to understand, you know, asking the questions to first gauge their heart, what is driving them, and then understanding uh, your child. And, and of course, over time, you get to know your child, so you know whether they're telling the truth or not telling the truth, uh, you know, and, 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 and that helps you. The questions that you ask and the responses they give helps you to assess why they're disappointed, you know, understand and help them to assess the reasons for disappointment, help them to understand the promise of God and say, you know, God has promised us that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's promised to strengthen us. You know, why don't we sit down and just pray about it and ask the Lord to help you? You know, I want, I want to encourage you. If, if you ever feel this way, again, uh, let's talk about it, right? So, uh, 
So what we need is encouragement. I mean, you think about, uh, you think about, uh, you know, a good example of this is Peter. Okay, so you know, Peter. If you go to that last chapter of John, you know, where uh, where where Peter, you know, doesn't want to uh, go to fish, right? So, so he's he's very disappointed that he has disowned uh, the uh, uh, sorry he he um, denied the Lord right three times and 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 he you know, and all the other disciples, they go back to fishing. He's like, you know what, I'm a failure, you know, and, and, you know, and we see the Lord in such tenderness, drawing Peter back, you know, restoring him, you know, he knew that at that point, he doesn't say, nowhere does the Lord say, Peter, you know, you, uh, you disowned me. And remember, the Lord had warned him, right? So there was a time for warning. That was when Peter was, was very proud. He says, if, if everybody, um, you know, if everybody disowns you, even if everybody leaves you, you know, I will never leave you. He will never leave you. And and Jesus warned him there. Watch out, Peter. You know, Satan uh, is 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 waiting for you, right? Satan is after you. And Peter didn't take that warning, you know, and he failed. But but he was just so broken. He went out and wept. And the Lord sees this. And and nowhere in that in that last chapter of John do you see him lecturing Peter. Do you see him? Um, you know, uh, do you see him? Asking Peter, why did you do that? Didn't I warn you, Peter? I told you, Peter. I told you that if you do this, uh, that if you were not careful, you would deny me. And you did. You know, what were you thinking, Peter? We don't see him saying of that, right? He just asked him, uh, you know, Peter, do you love me? Right? And he asked him three times. And then he gives him that charge. He says, feed my sheep. Right? Feed my sheep. Uh, and he says, Peter, you know what? It doesn't matter what you did. You know, a time is coming where you will get to suffer for me. Right? You will be you will be, uh, you know, you, you will suffer for my sake. Uh, and so don't worry about it. I want you to go out and, and do, uh, you know, serve me, right? I want you to do uh, what I want you to do. So, so that, that's just a beautiful example of what encouragement is. And we need to have those kind of moments of encouragement with our children where we are encouraging them. And, and you, you know, um, where I've experienced this more is in, in, um, uh, in, uh, in later in life with my kids, you know, there's one, there's one, one of my children uh, who, again, I, I will not name, uh, but uh, and they're all very different. Okay, so I have, I have, and I'm talking about my older kid, kids. You know, the older four, four or so, four or five, and they're all different. They have different abilities. They have different emotional, um, you know, stability. I would say uh, some of them are, are incredibly smart. Some of them are incredibly calm. Some of them are uh, are uh, just incredibly insecure. Right, and I, and I have one son who who always comes to me, and anytime we talk, you know, he's and I, I can just tell that 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 he's. Uh, so I gave him away. He said he, but nevertheless, uh, you know, that that's about several to pick from. So you still can't guess. But anyway, uh, you know, he he's somebody who needs a lot of encouragement because he's always thinks that he's falling short. You know, he compares himself to his brothers and his sisters, and 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 he feels like he's falling short. He's not. Uh, maybe, um, you know, at the same level in terms of their education, his interests are different, um, you know, and, and, and he uh, is just, you know, the way he sees things developing, it's, it's just not quite there. And, and when you're in a family of so many kids, it's always easy to see, you know, and, and maybe he's a guy who's, who's got to always come and ask me for, uh, for help, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he needs money for this or whatever. And, and, and I can just tell in the way he talks to me and the things that he says to me that, that, uh, and the hesitation, you know, sometimes the hesitation of communication can also tell you a lot, right? Um, you know, 
and, and I said, why didn't you tell me this? And, and then I know why he didn't, you know, because uh, to him, you know, that sort of, uh, you know, he would rather not have to do that. He would rather not have to come and talk to me. And, and that's a kind of child that really needs encouragement. He's been like that in, in all areas of his life, right? There was a time when, when he chose to study something, a particular, um, you know, line of, uh, of, of courses for his major. And, and honestly, he did it, you know, because his, his brothers and sisters sort of pressured him into it, okay? Subtly, okay? They, they kept telling him things, ah, you do that, you'll never get a job. Ah, you do that. You know, and I don't know, some of these who pressured him are on the call here. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so sorry about that. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but he went a certain way and, 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 and his grades were, were really bad. Okay, he, he did really bad the one semester. And uh, I asked him, well, why is that? You know, I tried to understand that. And it was obvious to me that this, he wasn't enjoying this. He was doing this, these courses because, you know, he felt some subtle pressure. And, uh, you know, I encouraged him. I said, you know what, if, if you want to do this other thing, please change your major. Okay, you have my full support to change. Don't, don't just keep going down this thing. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter. You'll get a job, not get a job. Let's not worry about that. If that's where your heart is, that's what really interests you, let's go do it. You know, and I'm sure the Lord will provide for you in some way or the other. You know, it's not important. You don't have to be like your brother. You don't have to be like your sisters. Uh, you know, you can be different, right? And, and you know what? When he did that, you know, his, over the next few semesters, his, um, his demeanor has changed, his performance changed, it improved uh, to where, you know, in the last semester, he actually was on the Dean's list. Okay, he got like a three point something GPA or whatever. Uh, and, and I could just track his GPA every semester and kept going up and up and up, right? So it was an encouragement, it was directing him in the right way, right? And what he needed there was encouragement, not a lecture on why he's not studying and why he's doing so bad and he's wasting my money and all these kind of things, right? Uh, you know, so, so that's, that's really the, the key there is to understand you know, when does a child need to be encouraged, right? And, and that requires you to really delve in and, and, and assess, uh, you know, what's going on in their heart. So, so this is a very, very important type of communication, um, you know, and, uh, you know and, and, and a lot of children need this a lot, right? Uh, we need to encourage them. And of course, when we encourage them, we have to also make sure that we don't go down the, the path of, uh, you know, a lot of encouragement these days uh, tends to be more, uh, creating pride, okay? The purpose of this is not to create pride. This, that's not the kind of encouragement we're talking about here. So just be careful how you do it, okay? All right, the next point is correction, okay? So uh, uh, correction is, of course, very important, right? So sometimes, you know, your child needs to be corrected, okay? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, and, uh, and, and correction is, is very clearly what is required when uh, the child is not adhering to God's standards and they're, and, they, and they're doing something wrong, okay? And you know they're going down the wrong path. Uh, you know, and uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 talks about the word of God, right? So, so this is a passage that, uh, that, that uh, most of you uh, will be familiar with, but, but if you just quickly look there, it's, it's, that, uh, it's talking about what the word of God is useful for, right? Verse uh, 16, 2 Timothy 3, all scriptures given by inspiration, of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay? So it's 
you know, all scriptures given by God, right? And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Okay, so it's 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 um, useful for correction. And so this is this correction we're talking about here is is correction, um, you know, to bring them into God's standard, to help them to understand that what they're doing wrong is wrong because that's God's standard. Okay, so you know, if your child doesn't obey, okay, what is God's standards? In Ephesians six one. Children, obey your parents of the Lord, for this is right, right? And this correction we're talking about here is, is correction that requires you to take them to the scriptures, right? You need to understand what's in their heart um, and, and, and you teach them to, to look at their behavior and evaluate it against the standard of scripture. You know, scripture says this, all right? Um, you know, how does your behavior, tell me, you know, how does your behavior uh, does it align with that? You know, scripture says thou shalt not steal or thou shalt not bear false witness. You know, you just lied, right? And that's wrong. Okay. Um, so, so I think, I think we all understand this is fairly straightforward, but, but remember the spiritual angle to it. This is not just correcting, like, you know, correcting their, uh, what they did wrong in, uh, in the, uh, you know, math class or something. This is correcting uh, wrong attitudes, wrong behavior, that is wrong because scripture says it's wrong because God says it's wrong. Okay, all right. The third one is rebuke. And some of these are a little, uh, you know, the, the line between one or the other is, is, uh, is, uh, is uh, a little fuzzy. Uh, and you don't have to get, you know, you don't have to uh, get too hung up on this. Uh, I, I think it's important that you get a, a whole understanding. So don't, uh, you know, get too caught up in, in okay, where is it encouragement? Is it correction? Is it rebuke? No, no, it's not rebuke. You know, you can, you can just get wrapped up in terminology here. <clears throat> okay, you don't need a checklist that you go through. The point is that over time, you will, uh, you will, you will develop the ability to understand your child and, and you'll develop the skills required to, to do this when you start practicing it in, in a small way, right? So a rebuke is a censure, okay? It's, uh, it's sort of a punishment for behavior. And, and it, it, it uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like, um, um, you know, it's like, well, let me go back to the example of Peter, you know, uh, the Lord rebuked Peter, right? And what did the Lord say? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, there's a tone to it. There is a urgency to it. There is a, a, a little bit of a disgust at it. Okay, maybe that's not the right word, but, but a sense of alarm, a shock and dismay, right? That, that's what rebuke is, right? So, so you know, when you, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when Paul himself says in one instance, he says, uh, he says, uh, you know, you need to rebuke him. Okay. When this man has sinned, you need to rebuke him, right? The shock of the sin, the, the, uh, the, um, uh, the gravity of the sin needs to come out in the way that you go about doing this. Right. So, uh, you know, when they say things, for example, the example given here, when they express hatred towards others, okay, you need to express your alarm, your shock, your dismay, but again, tie it back to why, why that is wrong, okay? So you've got correction. Correction is a little more instructive. It's a little more uh, giving more information. It's, it's, uh, it's talking to them a little more. Rebuke is a little more uh, sudden, okay? It's like, don't you ever say like something like that. Okay? Let's say, you know, when, uh, when people, uh, you know, today there's a big thing going on about racism, right? Everybody's exercised about racism. And very often we will exhibit racist attitudes in our own talk and sometimes we, do it in jest, right? That's something maybe where you say, you know what, don't you ever talk about people like that, people of a different color like that, or people of a different ethnicity like that, okay? 
because that is wrong. They are all why? Because they are all created in the image of God. They're, you know, just as you are, and you need to respect that. Okay, God created them. They are all, you know, in a sense, children of God. You know, creation of God. Uh, they have worth because they are created in the image of God. And when you say things like that, when you think things like that, you know, you are really, uh, you know, you are you are really, uh, uh, you know, not honoring God, right? And, and so you need to rebuke that that kind of behavior, right? So again. You, you can probably come up with your own own examples. When we talked about encouragement, and encouragement is is meant to inspire the child. It's something you use a, a type of communication that you use when the child understands that he or she is wrong, and they they really acknowledge that they understand that they're feeling a little down about it. And at that point, the point is not to uh, you know beat a dead horse and uh, rebuke them and make them feel even worse. You know what kind of child are you? You know, how could you think of that? You know, if you if you sense that, you know what, that this child understands that what he did or what she did was wrong, right? You need to encourage them, you know, and now they understand, you know, help them. And, and they might be feeling feeling down about what they did. And, and maybe they say things like, you know what, uh, you know, I, I keep trying and I pray to the Lord uh, to forgive me. And but yet I, I can't control myself and I do it again. That's a child that, you know, when you have the communication with them and you draw that kind of thought out of them, you, you know, you got to encourage them, right? Then the next one is correction, uh, which is just, um, you know, a way to remedy something that's wrong, right? So, so the child has violated God's standards uh, and, and you want them to understand God's standard and teach them, you know, to, and, and teach them to assess their behavior against that standard. So, so you want to correct them and correction means, you know, when you're correcting somebody, you have to know what the right uh, thing is right. So if you're correcting an exam paper or something, you know you uh, you start with the the template of uh, you know the answer key, right? What's the what's the right answer, right? And if you don't know that, then you can correct the child. So uh, the point I'll make here is you you have to always um, you know blend correction with the word of God. Okay. So when you uh, going back to the centrality of the gospel and teaching them about God, the way you do that is by see you can say uh, well we don't do that. Okay, so let's say the child is, um, you know, let's take a common example that, you know, you have the teenagers where, uh, say, they're wearing certain clothes, okay, and, and you don't believe that, you know, maybe it's a daughter who's not dressed right or whatever, right? And, uh, and you can tell them, you know, the typical way in which, uh, you know, if, uh, if some of you might have grown up, your parents would say, well, what are you wearing? You know, how can you go out of the house wearing like that? And the next phrase that comes out is what are people going to think about us you know you're going to bring dishonor to our family so what are you doing there you are you are basically teaching the child that you know you need to dress a certain way because you know it, uh, it, it um, you know the way you dress uh, forms other people's impression of you the, the impression they form of you forms their impression about us as parents and about our family and and and, and all these other things right uh, you know that's just absolutely the wrong approach i mean because what is the child learning when you correct them in that manner and you give them that kind of reasoning. Uh, then their learning is that, you know what, my standards are based on what other people think. So lo and behold, they go to some culture where other people think differently. You know, the people in the West, you know, their standards are different than the people in Kerala and people in wherever, you know, other parts of the world, pick, take your pick, right? Um, but when you bring them back to God's standard, okay, um, you know, then it doesn't matter what culture you're in. You know, you're teaching them. You know what? Our standard is the standard of the Bible, the standard that God has articulated. Right? 
whether it's for a certain behavior or what you wear or how you act or your attitude towards other people, we always go back to the standard of God. You know, you don't, uh, you know, you're being impolite to that person. You know, what are they going to think of you? It doesn't matter what they think of you. Okay, what does God think of you? What has God commanded us as far as how we're supposed to teach people? So when you correct, you know, that's why 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says that the word of God is, is um, you know, is given to us for reproof and correction and, and all of those other long list of things, right? So, so correction should always be tied back to God's standard, okay? And you can start this with a little child, okay? When he comes and says, no, you know, somebody had a question a few weeks ago, you know, I, 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 my child is coming and telling me that I'm not going to obey. Okay, you need to keep remembering, reminding them, go back and make him memorize that verse and say it to you, you know, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Why, 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 why is it wrong for you to disobey? Me? Is it because I'm the dad? Uh, well, yes, in a way, but is that the real reason? No, it's because God has said that you as a child, as a creation of God, you know, created in the image of God, you need to respect and honor and obey your father and your mother, right? That's clearly, so you take them back to scripture. That way you're teaching them so many things by doing that. Okay, number one, you're teaching them that God's standard is ultimate. Okay, that's what, that's what drives what we do or what we should do. You're teaching them that the word of God, the primacy of the word of God, right? And you're teaching them that when you disobey the word of God, it's wrong. And that's a standard by which we judge it. Okay? So then uh, we talked about rebuke. So this is something that uh, it's a censure. It's, um, uh, it's, it's slightly different from correction in that it's a, it's a little harsh, right? It's to create a sense of shock uh, and dismay. Uh, and, and this is something... Uh, you do where uh, you know where where a stern rebuke is needed. Okay, it's it's something that really deserves a stern rebuke. And again, you know, you can think of examples of that. Uh, you know, it's not a, so. Uh, moving on, uh, uh, the next one is entreaty. Okay, and entreaty is uh, a bit of a complicated word, but uh, uh, but really, uh, you know, it, it means to entreat someone to to plead with someone. Okay, earnest and intense pleading. So this is something typically you might even use this more when you, when you sort of see, maybe the child hasn't done anything wrong, but, they, but you see that they're headed down the wrong direction or maybe they're not headed down the wrong direction, but you see that they're going into an environment that might take them into a wrong direction and you plead with them. You know, I, I, uh, in fact, Paul uses this in, in, uh, in Romans 12, where he says, I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God, Okay, and remember, he's just talked in Romans 1 to 11 about our salvation and, and how the Lord has saved us and, and, and what kind of sinners we were and standing we have in God. And then he, then he comes and says, I beseech you, I, I entreat you, brethren, by the mercies of God. You know, if I just use uh, Malayalam, okay, for most of you understand Malayalam, you've, you've probably heard, uh, you know, uh, uh, our Apachans or Amachis say to us, Ende mone devate ortha. Right? Right, Ajit? Have you ever heard that? Devate uh, or you know, don't even think of me, just think of God. Okay, that's that's entreaty. Okay, that's that's pleading, uh, you know, pleading with them to to uh, not go down a path that you know is going to uh, going to take them in the wrong direction, right? And uh, you know, there's a good example here about uh, about impurity, right? So pleading against sexual sins like pornography. And this is an important conversation that, that all fathers uh, and mothers need to have 
with their children when they reach a certain age, especially, especially uh, you know, their, their boys and young men. Uh, you know, that's something that, that I've done. You know, when you talk about uh, when they reach puberty and you talk about well, both boys and girls, uh, about uh, things of a sexual nature and, and, uh, and, and, you, and, you, and of course, they've not done anything wrong. They probably never even thought about it. But you know that they're, they're getting to that age where, you know, the culture is saturated with, with innuendo and things like that. And, and they'll teach them a lot of things and they'll start getting values from outside, you know, and you use entry. And remember, uh, just under, underlying all of this is we're talking here about communication. Okay? We're not just talking about communication that happens when your child does something wrong. Okay, this is, this is day in and day out. This is Deuteronomy 6 communication. Okay, what is Deuteronomy 6 communication? You know, when you sit down, when you stand up, when you walk by the way, right? Uh, all of those things, it's, it's all through life. It's through, you know, every phase of life you're communicating with them. And, and this kind of communication needs to, you know, entreaty you do, you know, uh, even when, when, when they, they, they don't even necessarily show any signs, but, but you're pleading with them to understand the gravity of the situation, you're taking them back to the word of God, telling them why, why it is uh, wrong. Right, Proverbs 23, 6, you know, the, the, the writer there, uh, you know, he pleads, he says, my son, give me your heart. You know, 23, Proverbs 23, 26, give me your heart, okay, uh, and, and listen to my words, right? We, we, uh, we read that earlier, uh, I'll just go back to it. He says, my son, give me your, uh, your heart um, and uh, let your eyes keep to my ways, okay? Let your eyes keep to my ways. See, this is what we've taught you. This is why this is important. Please understand, right? And so you plead with them and you need to have, you know, you'll have occasions where you need to use this type of communication, okay? This is not just about discipline, okay? Communication should be a way of life. This should be, this should be a constant thing going on with your children, right? And, and when do you communicate? You just use every opportunity, okay? Uh, I mean, I can tell you, you know, when my kids were little, you know, I would, uh, you know, I would, uh, when, when I had to bathe Josiah or something, right? Uh, you know, I would be bathing him, giving him a shower and teaching him things and, and he would ask questions and, and we would just communicate and talk about things in general. You know, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why do we have to clean over here? Why do we have to clean over there? You're teaching him this practical stuff, but you also, it also gives you an opportunity to connect to God. You know, this is the way God made us. Why did he make us this way, right? So remember your children, especially the young ones, uh, you know, they ask a lot of why questions, right? If, if your young ones are the ones like mine were, you know, oh, why this, why that? And, and sometimes it can get, you know, it can get very aggravating, okay? Um, and, and you, maybe they, they come and ask, and kids have this knack of, you know, asking questions at the most, uh, what from our perspective can be the most inopportune time, right? When you're busy, when you're in the middle of, the sum of something, Maybe uh, when you're watching your football game or you're browsing your phone or whatever, you know, or you're studying something, uh, they can come and ask you, right? Don't let those opportunities pass. It's a great opportunity and look for ways to connect that back to scripture, to connect it to God, right? Why is this this way? Why do those people do that? You know, why, uh, why is there a pandemic? What is a pandemic, right? Uh, and, and I don't know if your children have asked you, what is COVID-19, right? Why, is, why did this happen? Right, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to talk to about sin. Right, God made the world world perfect, uh, and uh, and that's instruction, which we'll talk. Uh, but you guys understand what instruction and teaching is. You know, you're instructing them in the ways of God. You're connecting the world with the 
you know, with the, the, the world view, okay, that, that God has articulated for us in scripture, right? And, and, and this builds up over time. Uh, the child not only learns uh, about himself, he learns about God, he learns about the Bible. He learns that uh, the Bible speaks to every area of life or God speaks to every area of his life through his word, the Bible. He, he understands the priority you place in the Bible, right? If all we talk about is his schoolwork and things like that, then you know, he obviously gets a message that schoolwork is what's more important, right? Then you do scriptures. And, and, and that, that integration of the scriptures with daily happenings in life, you know, the questions that they raise. So it's not, you know, we need to, we need to get away from compartmentalizing. It's not um, just Sunday school teaching them songs and saying, oh, great, you know, they, they learned the song and they're singing it now. You know, you've got to bring it into, into context with real life situations, right? And so, you know, these why, you know, these why questions that your little kids have is a great opportunity to just sit down and talk to them, right? And that's why we need to go on walks with them. You know, take them out, do things with them, you know, spend a little bit of time. And we're not talking about you know, hours, just little moments that you can. And, and unfortunately, a lot of, lot of men, they, they delegate this to the mom. Okay? It's the mom's job. So why should I take to do this with the kid? I don't have time. I got to go and do something else, right? No, both of you need to do that. You know, they need to see the mother's heart, the father's heart, uh, how they, uh, you know, regard scripture and give it a high value. And uh, and that's why you need to build yourself up as well, right? So that you can have those conversations with them. So energy is intense pleading. Okay, uh, very often it's maybe it's um, uh, it's. Um, it's something that you're, you're, you're entreating the child to stay out of something which maybe he hasn't done now, but if he were to do it, you know, it would get him into deep trouble, right? And you're pleading with him, you know, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, okay? Paul does that in, uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He's entreating them. He says, I beseech you, I entreat you by the mercies of God, because of the mercy that God has shown to you, that I've explained to you in Romans 1 to 11, I, I'm entreating you, I'm beseeching you, I'm pleading with you. Okay, that you, so that, that shows the earnestness of it, okay, the intensity of it, right, uh, you know, and, um, uh, and that's what entry is. So it's about the danger, like we talked about, a good example of this is, is, um, is you know, if you're pleading with them to stay away from sexual sins, okay, because these are things that, you know, when they look around the culture, when they look at what media is feeding them, what their friends are doing when they go to college, uh, you know, uh, um, this is common. I mean, this is what everybody going back to my comment about, you know, the standards of the world, right? If you say, you know, if they're in an environment where nobody thinks twice about, you know, sleeping with, uh, with people that, you know, with somebody other than your wife and fornicating and all that, you know, to them, it becomes, hey, you know, well, here, nobody cares that I do that. Okay. So it must be okay. Right? No, it's not okay. Why is it not okay? Because the word of God says it's not okay. And what does the word of God say about this, right? And, and you want to entreat them, you want to plead with them, again, go back to the word of God and say, this is why it's wrong, okay? This is why there is sex in the world, you know, this is why God himself created sex. This is why you need to save yourself for marriage. This is why you need to do it. You know, God gave this, this, this gift of, of, of sexuality and, and sexual relations, but he regulated it for a reason. You know, just like, you know, God gave us everything to have, uh, and yet he says, you shall not covet. Okay, you shall not steal, right? Why? Because when you steal, there are consequences. When you go against, uh, you know, the way that God regulated, uh, you know, these things, then there are consequences and, and there are people. And then you can bring in 
examples of, of what you know, your, your own experience perhaps, or experience of others, you know, uh, where, where they've been damaged for life because they engaged in these kind of behaviors. So all of those things come into the, come into entreaty. Okay. And then um, moving on, I just combined, uh, the, these are listed separately in the book, They're very hard to separate. And that is instruction and uh, teaching. Okay. And these are very, very intense. So teaching is the process of imparting knowledge, you know, instruction is sort of, uh, you know, going a little beyond knowledge to, to imparting wisdom. Okay. It's a, it's providing a, a lesson, an object lesson, okay. To help your child understand uh, their world, right? So they, you want them to understand why things are happening. And this needs to start very young and you have great opportunities because your child is always asking you for questions, asking you questions, right? And by the way, um, you know, we, uh, this, this whole thing we're talking about, I'll make this point a little later, but um, you know, when we talk about communication here, it's not, it is not primarily a means of discipline. Okay. Certainly when you're disciplining, you, you need to use communication, but this is supposed to be 24 by seven all the time, you know, communication, even in your casual communication with your children, you need to be using you know, all of these things, right? Like encouragement, like correction, like review, you know, encouragement typically would happen uh, even outside of, uh, of, of specific uh, discipline okay, where you have disciplined them because they've run, done something wrong. But when you teach them, okay, when you teach that little child, when the child comes to you and says, daddy or mommy, why is this thing like this? You know, uh, or, or look at that butterfly. Okay. Uh, how, how beautiful is great opportunity for you to talk about creation, how God created all these things. And, and uh, you know about the world. They say, "Oh, this thing is so beautiful." You know, and you can talk to them, talk to them about the use that opportunity to to explain to them about the majesty of God and you know how the heavens declare the glory of God. And you can tell them, you know what? In in the Bible, it says the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his his handiwork, and all of these kind of things. So you're bringing them back, okay, to to instruct them, to teach them, um, and you're using scriptures as a way to to, uh, you know, to interpret, uh, you know, interpret the world, right? So, so again, you're connecting what's going on in the world with scripture, with the fact that God created everything, right? And, and you go back and you can read those verses there, Psalm 119, is, Psalm 119 is beautiful for instruction. It's just got, you know, it's the whole Psalm is about the word of God, right? And you can see all the things that the Psalmist says, you learn from the word of God and how it, how it affects you and so on. Okay, then you have warning. Okay, so Warning, entreaty are somewhat related, and, and these are again, <clears throat> you are these are forward-looking. Okay, warning is something where you are giving them a warning of, uh, of, uh, of, of caution. You're giving them a caution, right, of probable danger, things that might happen in the future. You're teaching them the uh, the sowing and reaping principle, right? So if you go to Galatians chapter six, you know the principle of sowing and reaping. You know whatever a man sows that shall he reap, right? And whatever you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. And what you sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. And if you sow to the flesh, you know, you will reap, uh, um, you know, uh, if you sow to the spirit, rather you'll reap eternal life. And if you sow to the flesh, you will reap destruction, right? You're teaching them these things and you're warning them against these kind of things. So, so these are communications that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that help the child to know Right, prepare them for what lies ahead, and and this is a different. So when you are starting off with a little child, you are warning him against 
more of physical dangers, right? You know, if you touch the stove, you're going to get burnt, or if you go over there, you, you're going to fall or, or whatever. You know, as they grow up, you're warning them against things that cause, uh, you know, emotional danger or mental danger or spiritual danger, right? Uh, so again, it varies by the stage of life, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and one of the most powerful ways that you can do this is to warn your children uh, was to fill their heads or, or their minds with the cautions of the Bible. So, you know, I, I would strongly suggest that, uh, that, uh, that we, we, we spend a lot of time in the Proverbs. Okay, so if you look at, you know, in the, on page uh, 85, he lists all of these things, you know, tw Proverbs 12, 24, laziness ends in slave labor. He who ignores disciplines comes to poverty and shame. Uh, mere talk leads only to poverty. A harsh word stirs up anger. Pride goes before destruction. So when you're talking about pride, okay, you sense pride in the child, you need to warn him about what pride is, right? And how God views pride and how he treasures uh, and commends humility. Um, you know, the, the shiftless man goes hungry. How you ought to be steady in purpose, right? And diligent about getting things done, okay? And, uh, and these are instructions, you know, you have a lot of children who grow up and they just don't want to do work. You know, they want to, you know, uh, uh, they have all kinds of excuses as the, 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 you know, in the Proverbs it says, you know, the guy who doesn't do anything, the lazy man says, there is a lion in the street, right? Uh, or as one of my kids uh, didn't want to go out to do something and he says, there are monkeys on the balcony, okay? Because two days before that, monkeys had showed up on the balcony and he was claiming that he didn't want to do what he was supposed to because he was afraid of the monkeys, right? So lazy man comes up with all kinds of excuses, okay? Um, so warning. All right, and then the final one here is um, a very important one, which is prayer, okay? Listening to your child pray and hearing you pray. And, and, and you know, I think uh, this is, uh, you know, maybe undervalued a little bit. Maybe you don't even think about it as a way of communicating. But, you know, I think it's important that your child, your children hear you pray, okay? And I can tell you how much uh, in my own life, uh, you know, hearing the prayer, even today, okay, even today, uh, when I hear the prayers of my mother, when she prays, you know, uh, at our uh, family prayer or anytime for that matter, you know, uh, how hearing that prayer uh, really uh, has an impact, still has an impact on me, okay? And it makes me think about, uh, about my own behavior, about my, my own attitudes. And, and it did much more so when I was, uh, when I was uh, younger. And of course, now it's sort of become more of my own uh, and it's less of a concern. But, but I remember for many years, you know, when I was in my teenage years and the things that, you know, there were a lot of things that I, I could have gotten into, things that I uh, might have dabbled in. But, but the one thing that always sort of helped me to, to not cross a line, okay, at that point in time in my life was the prayer of my mother. Because I knew that, you know, my mother was on her knees praying as she did every day on her knees, you know, from certain time to certain time in the morning, uh, praying for me, praying for all her children. Okay, and, and I knew that if I did something, you know, um, you know that, 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 would, uh, that it would just break her heart. And I, I wasn't willing to do that, right? And of course, you can say that that was a little bit of fear and all that, but, but you know, there's value in that, okay? It, it kept me, it helped me think. And then over time, I began to realize, you know, those things are important to me as well, okay? They became important to me. And so it was no longer me staying away from certain behaviors or certain things or certain places or certain people. It was no longer, you know, to avoid, uh, uh, you know, causing grief and harm to my mother, but, but it became my own internal motivation. Okay? I knew why I shouldn't do that. 
uh, you know, I had been warned. I, I saw for myself the results of some of those things, and and they just became, you know, a totally, um, you know, I just became numb to those things. I, I had no no interest in those things. Okay, whether it was drinking or smoking or, you know, whatever. Right, all of these kind of things that we typically think about with uh, with uh, young adults growing up. Right, the kind of habits that you see people around you doing. Um, and uh, so, so I think it's important that your, your children see you as a praying parent, okay? And pray in front of them. Pour out your heart, your heart's desire for your children in front of them so that they may see that you're praying for their spiritual health, so that you're, you're praying for their salvation, so you're praying for them to have a heart to obey God and obey their parents, right? Um, so this is a, a really essential element of communication between the parent and the child and also make the child pray okay so that you know you can you can get a sense of uh, uh, you know of their maturity and, and when i hear my children praying it, it really tells me about their spiritual walk okay it, it really tells me who's mature and who's immature uh, and who has a long way to go okay um, and what help they might need so so anyway these are just things uh, i'll just go over them quickly again uh, uh, different ways of communication you know we talked about encouragement correction rebuke entreaty instruction and teaching warning and prayer okay so um, you know one thing that's very important i mentioned this last time is that you know we don't take this as um, um, you know that 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 we don't take these as you know that you compartmentalize these but but these are just different elements and very often most communication is not cleanly going to be one or the other okay the idea of this is not to sort of say, okay, you know, spend a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, now is it this, is it that, what is it, you know, uh, certainly you can use this, this, uh, you know, these, these uh, different types to evaluate how you're doing. Uh, but, but you have to, you know, in a given communication about a particular topic or a particular incident or a particular behavior, you might use two or three of these, okay, and sometimes one blends into the other, right? Uh, so you may entreat in a way that warns or in a way that encourages, or you may instruct in a manner that rebukes or in a manner that corrects. The elements of communication may be woven together in many ways. So, so this is what comes from, from experience. And you might think it's very complicated, uh, but it's very not. You need to start in a small way and you'll find that as you, as you go through and do more and more of this, you become better and better at it, right? And you, you, you sort of draw things out of the child and you apply these different types of communication. So, um, so I, I mentioned this point, right? Communication not only disciplines, but also disciples. So this is very critical, okay? It should become a way of life, not just something that you do when, when the child is wrong, when the child disobeys, you know, but Deuteronomy 6 principle, right? When you lie down, when you wake up, when you rise up, when you're walking, when you're sitting, you know, when you're walking by the bayside, when you're sitting in your, uh, in your house, right? Uh, and this should, you know, and that's why, I, you know, I believe that it's very important that, you know, you, you spend time with your children, okay? Uh, and it's the key, okay? It's helping children to understand themselves. If you want to shepherd their heart, you know, you, this is the best way to help them understand themselves, help them to understand how God works, help them to understand the ways of God. And, and it's very important that the word of God is central to this, okay? The gospel is central. And, and Paul gives us a very, uh, very good instruction. Colossians 3.16, he's talking about you know, what, what does it require for you to teach and admonish one another? He's talking about believers in the church here, but you can apply this to your children, obviously. And he says, you know what? Before you teach and admonish one another, 
you know, you have to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And I got to tell you, uh, parents, that, you know, if you are not steeped in the word of God, you are not going to be very successful in parenting. Okay, your kids are much smarter than you and in figuring you out. Okay, they're, they're quite intelligent. Um, and you can't just, you can't just fake uh, knowledge of the word of God. Okay. Um, you know, you can't just sort of, uh, you know, when the problem happens, you go searching around doing searches in the concordance or, or your Bible app, you know, whatever. Okay. You have to know, and you have to internalize the word of God. You have to be able to be like a, like a, a laser focused, you know, um, you know, knowledge of the word of God so that for a given situation, you know, what are the principles of the word of God? Now, it doesn't mean that you have to become a scholar. Okay. But, you know, this is why we go back to the importance of all of us. Okay. From all of you who are here listening to me, who are single, you know, why you need to use your years of singleness to steep yourself in the word of God, because, you know, how good of a husband you're going to be, how good of a father you're going to be, how good of a church member you're going to be, all of these ultimately comes back to how steeped are you in the word of God? How much does the word of God dwell in you richly? How much time are you spending in prayer? How much are you trying to apply the word of God in your life? The, the way you apply the word of God in your life is no different than the way that you teach your kids, right? Because you're teaching them about life. But if you're not applying, say, financial, uh, biblical principles about finance and handling money and you're spending profligately, okay, how do you expect them to learn? Right? You don't even understand what the Bible teaches. Okay, so it's very important as a parent, especially as a parent, that you are staying close to the word of God, that you are studying the word of God, that you are spending time understanding, you know, and, and I, I, I think this is one of the biggest lacks. Okay, You cannot go through this class and think that George and this author of this book is going to give us some, some secret formula that I can just use and my kids are going to turn out good. Okay, I'm just telling you, you know, you can throw away this book can throw away everything that I'm teaching you here. If you are, you know, if you are close to the Lord and you are close to his word, you will be a good parent. Okay. And if you're not, then you've got a big challenge. All right. You can follow whatever formula. It's not going to work. So I think, you know, I think, I think I can't emphasize this point enough. Uh, and then one more thing is that, you know, uh, in chapter 10 of the book, it talks about this life of communication. Okay? There is a cost. All right. Everything in life, every good thing comes, has a cost associated with it, right? And we have to look at the cost and weigh it against the benefit. What is a cost? It requires time. It requires flexibility. Okay. When your child needs you to spend time with them may not be the best time when you, when you have time. It might be when you're busy doing something else and you need to stop what you're doing and use that time to minister to them. Okay. It requires mental stamina. Okay. It requires spiritual energy. It requires perseverance. Okay, you may fail, you may, you may just totally blow it the first time, okay, or the second time, or the third time, you need to go back, okay, and go back to the word of God, and you need to be praying for your own interactions with your child the next time that, that you know, you need to have uh, difficult communication with him, okay, it requires you to practice what you preach and be a model, okay, you got to be an example to your child, now if you do this, okay, so you can't just be delegating this to your wife or your mother, you know, you need to be just as much a part of it. And it also brings benefits, of course, you know. And the thing is that, you know, it creates rich parent-child relationships, okay. I'm going to go back to this 
chart that I pulled out. I talked about this earlier, but this is a very simple chart. You know, and on the on the y-axis there, you have um, you know the uh, the influence. You know how you uh, you know how you influence your child, okay, uh, or how you deal with your child, okay. On the top, you have authority, right? So if you if you look at when I when I deal with my child, you know, am I trying to use authority or am I trying to use influence, right? So at the top you have authority and then all the way down, you know, authority goes down and influence increases. And then on the x-axis, you have the age of the child. So when a child, then these two arrows, the top, the arrow that starts on the top left is, is how you use your authority, okay? Um, sorry, uh, how you use uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, how you use authority, right? So when your child is born and when they're young, uh, you authority predominates. Okay, the child is under your control. Is you, you know, he needs you for his physical needs, for his emotional needs, for you know his care, everything. Okay, and and you have that authority. You're standing over your child while you're standing beside him. Right? We talked about that earlier. Right? So you're you're uh, you're uh, you use more of your authority. Right? And you have authority, and the child respects your authority, and he knows you know you're bigger first of all. Right? Uh, I mean, just physically, you're there and and the child knows and, and the child develops that bond with the mother and with the father, right? The child has more trust in you. They're not, they're not going to question much of anything you say, right? Now, as your child grows up, you know, an 18-year-old, you know, typically is questioning everything their father or mother says. They think that they don't know anything. They think they're old fuddy-duddies in their, you know, stuck in their ways of the past. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and they, they think that they know everything, right? Uh, my parents are old-fashioned they're living in the past, they need to become more modern, look at the clothes they wear, look at their hairstyle, you know, and uh, they don't know anything, right? That's your typical, you know, 18 year old. Now, on the other one, you have starting on the left bottom corner is influence, right? Uh, and that, you know, is not very much, I mean, you know, the, you know you, you, and by influence here, we mean that you are influencing their behavior, not so much by what they say or what you say, but rather by the by their respect for you, right? Their their, um, their acceptance of you and uh, their following of your example, and that you know needs to go up, right? So when you are an 18 year old uh, or, or even a 13 or 14 year old, you know, um, you know you you can't really exercise a lot of authority over them. It's very tough, you know. And authority, when you think about the two uh, modes of uh, of uh, discipline, right? You got communication and you got uh, uh, the, the rod, right? So it's very hard to apply a rod to a, you know, 14 or 15 year old, okay? You end up probably getting hurt much more than, than the hurt you administer, okay? They're big, you know, they're more muscular. Um, you know, he gives that example of making a child get out of bed, right? Uh, you know, uh, it's tough to do, right? And you can't really rely on that. But what needs to happen at that point is that your influence needs to predominate. So the child will have built the respect for you and have that, and, and they have to be more willing, okay? When they're younger, they do things simply because you're the parent and they're the child, right? And they don't think they have much of a choice other than to do what you say, right? So this is a, a, a crisscross kind of thing, you know? So as the child gets older, you need to move from authority towards influence, okay? And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, coming back to the point, you know, when you, the way that you, you, you successfully navigate through this and you go from authority to influence is really by the kind of communication that you have 
when the child is young. So you don't just say, okay, I'm in authority over the child and the graph says, you know, it's all authority right now, you know, from zero to whatever, you know, and so I'm not going to worry about trying to influence the child. No, you need to build up, okay, through that communication. And what needs to happen is that the child's, you know, you're preparing the child for future relationship with you. Okay, the child needs to understand the complexities of life. The child needs to build a biblical understanding of man, of life, of the gospel. Okay, the child needs to, um, needs to understand the philosophies of life. The child needs to build respect for the parent. Okay, and that happens when the child knows that you love him or her. The child knows that you're always there for him or her. The child knows that you're not, not just there always to get mad at them and punish them and whip them when they do wrong. The child knows that you really care. You take the time, you spend the time, you give them instruction from the word of God. The child knows that you're influenced by the word of God. And, uh, and you know, as you do that, you have influence. And, you know, it's, it's the best thing in the world when, uh, you know, I, I know I was just joking with, uh, with one, of, uh, one of my older kids recently when I was, I was in, you know, giving him some, some of my thoughts about something. Uh, and... Uh, and I, and I said, you know what, uh, yeah, you can, uh, that's what I think about it. And you can take it, uh, you know, um, I forget exactly the phrase I used, but the implication I was making was that, you know, um, you know, unless you think, uh, you know, if you, if you really care what I think about it, then here's what I think or something to that effect. And, and uh, you know, I was very, very happy to see his response. He says, oh, I, I really care very much what you think and what you think is very important to me, right? So that's, that's influence where, you know, and, and at that age, I was not necessarily telling him, you know, this is what you have to do. You know, he asked me, what do you think about this? And I don't even remember what the subject was, uh, you know, but, but, you know, his response to me was, yeah, I care very much what you think. And, and, and I want to hear what you think. And, you know, he might end up doing something. He may not do exactly what I say, but, but he respects what I have to say. And that's the relationship that you have to have. Okay. And, and you have to show that you have to build up to that. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and that age, okay, when you look at that, this graph here, you know, between that zero and I would say, you know, between zero and seven, zero and nine, zero and 10, you know, that's the maximum uh, time that you have with the child, you know, to really build up that influence. Okay, by then the child has formed an impression about you and they know that, well, all dad ever does is get angry at me. Okay, my, or, they form impression like dad doesn't just care. He just cares what other people think. He doesn't really care about me. He doesn't really love me, right? And a lot of kids, uh, when you look at kids coming out of troubled homes, it goes back to the way they were treated, you know, when they were a little child, okay? And that's, and you'll be surprised how that stays with them. You know, when you talk to kids who are having problems today in their, in their late teens, in their college years, and they end up going to drugs and, you know, and alcohol and, and all kinds of things you know, immoralities, you know, you go back and you ask them about their life and their relationship with their parents. And what you inevitably find is, is that they had a dad who only ever got angry, at them, okay, who only ever shouted, at them, who only ever pointed them to what other people would think, okay, and they don't have that biblical mindset in their, in their mind, and they don't think their parents love them. And so they're afraid to even go back to them and, and, and share with them, right? So it's a time to build that relationship and that friendship uh, you know, and, and that's really very, very important. Okay. So, you know, I, I just want to encourage all of you to, to, to try to practice this. Okay. Next time, you know, maybe you've got a child who's got a chronic problem, you know, of obedience, right? Think about having these conversations with them and, and sit them down and 
and, and explain to them and go back, you know, make them memorize the verses. And I remember, you know, when my kids, the, the biggest issue we have between them, the younger ones is, is just lack of love. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, there's, there's a little bit of rivalry there. There's, you know, and, and I understand what's going on. Okay. If, if one person does something good or if I praise one person, the other one feels like they need to pull them down a bit, you know, a notch. Okay. There's a little bit of jealousy. Um, and, uh, you know, the last time something like this happened, uh, you know, I made one of them go and memorize first Corinthians 13 and come back to me and tell me all the characteristics of love and explain it. You know, I have made them write it down. So, so again, you go back to scripture because what you're doing is you're building that foundation. You're building that understanding that, you know what, our attitudes need to be founded on scripture, right? Uh, and uh, of course, you know, you need to know scripture, right? So that's why it's very important that you, uh, build yourself up spiritually, you know, as you go through this. Okay. All right. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's what I wanted to cover today. Uh, any, uh, any questions, uh, you know, I've got the chat box open here, uh, or, or anybody wants to jump in and, and maybe, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, entry TV talked about correction. Um, and, uh, and, and we talked about, uh, um, rebuke, right. We talked about, what was the first one? Uh, you know, so, so all these things we talked about today, if you have some good uh, examples that you want to share, something that has worked for you, um, you know, encouragement, sorry, that was the first one, you know, if something that has worked for you, please, uh, please share that because I think, I think uh, people need to hear from not just me. Um, and, and uh, you know, they need to hear from all of you as well, you know, what's working, what's not working. Uh, when have you failed, perhaps, you know, in, in taking this kind of an approach. Okay. Any observations or comments? Pradeep, you have anything to share? Veteran father of two teenage boys. <laughs> no, I think I agree with you about uh, communication where uh, while it's good to know all of this, each circumstance could be different and uh, each, uh, you know, you can't uh, apply it hard-coded. Uh, because our yep. children are not hard-coded that way. You know, they have yep. their moments of ups and downs. They have um, moments where they are in a listening mode, moments where they are not in a listening mode. Mm -hmm. I think well, you have to ask for God's wisdom to apply the right... Uh, yeah, absolutely. To yeah. Um, and, that, and that's why I keep, I think every class, I keep emphasizing this is not a formula-driven approach, right? It is, uh, I, I think your own spiritual growth and discernment is key, right? And, uh, you know, there's not a five-step or a seven-step formula you can apply and just magically start working. I also think, Georgia, it's a very fine line, right? I mean, in line, uh, in line with what Daniel, I mean, uh, what, what Tadeep was saying. Mm. Uh, yes, Stephen, I called you. Uh, I think it's a fine line to differentiate between correction, rebuke, and entreating. Yeah. So a lot of thought needs to go. And in that particular situation, Mm. I think it's more like a culture that I'm looking that, you know, that I need to develop over time. Yes. yes. Where it becomes a habit. Yeah. So, yeah, only thing, yeah. Only thing I would say is that, and that's why I made that point. Don't get too hung up on, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, there, there's something in business we call, you know, analysis. What is it? Paralysis by analysis. You know, you sit there and you start analyzing and analyzing. Okay. Oh, it's not. And then you get to your husband and wife, you start talking. Oh, no. No, no, I think it's entry. I think don't get too caught up in that. The, the reason we are going over these is just so that you understand there are different ways and these are some of them, 
right? And and you know what? You might you might get it wrong. I mean, you know, and if you get it wrong, the there's a I think it says in the book there, you know, there's nothing wrong, and you should. I would encourage you to go and apologize to the child and say, you know what, you know, I rebuked you. I shouldn't have done that. Okay, uh, I, I raised my voice at you. That was wrong. But you know, and then you can go back and, and redo it, right? And and that will actually help when the child sees that you do wrong. Okay, they understand then that you're not some perfect being up there, you know, and and uh, you know. So so I think I think it's important that that number one we understand these differences, and some of them are are very different. Okay, some of them, as you said, Joby, are subtly different. You know, there's you know, and it doesn't matter. Okay, so you don't have to sit there and and do a post mortem and say you know. Oh, oh no, that was not entreaty. That was this or that, you know. The the or or you know. But what you really need to do is 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 sit down and say, you know what, this happened. It's a it's a great way for you to improve your communication with your spouse as well. Just say, you know what, today this happened. You know, sometimes the mom is at home or whatever uh, does something. You know, do you think that that was right? You know, here's here's what he's doing, and here's how I've been dealing with it. Right? Uh, I've been giving him correction. I've been. Do you think we need to? It's really a problem that requires encouragement, right? So, so a lot of the problems you have with your children are not one-offs, right? They, they reflect. Uh, I mean, they're they're probably repetitive. They probably not probably they are repetitive, right? They happen again and again, and they reveal something in the heart. So, I would encourage you to to spend time together and uh, you know and uh, and discuss with each other, you know, and ask yourself, you know, you're, you're that's why you're a team. I mean, you're together, okay? It's not mom or dad. Who has to punish? It's not mom who has to do the the communication. Dad who has to do the, the whipping. Okay, that's not the way it works, right? Uh, so it's very important that both parents are are engaged. Okay, that's critical. Uh, okay, Ajit, you came near the TV. Do you have a question? Yeah, Jocha, the the video on helps us to uh, be focused. That's why video we always pick up why we are on video. Oh, good, good. So the question. So you want. Are you are you implying that others are not focused? Is that? Uh... I'm not saying that. <laughs> I was speaking for myself. <laughs> Before I get into a tweet or a selfie, so I am cognizant of that not to do since I'm on camera. No, no, no. That's fine. The question was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of sibling rivalry. Uh, yeah. Between, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They tend to take uh, themselves as for granted. Right. Mm. I think uh, many a time compared to another. friend or when they play so is that an issue of the heart or do you think there is oh yeah yeah so everything is an issue of the heart uh, you know everything okay everything is that comes out outwardly is an issue of the heart so so sibling rivalry is 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 a is a natural thing in a fallen world i mean you know forget siblings i mean you know we might have rivalry in the church okay you have rivalry among preachers <laughs> you have uh, you know a workplace you have rivalry right uh, you know so uh, so what we need to what we need to do is is really drive down to help them to understand that you know what god wants is not for them to be measured by somebody else and neither are you measuring them you are not comparing and that's why you have to be very careful you know uh, you know i remember growing up uh, you know uh, uh, my dad uh, you know i was i was pretty okay you know like okay little little better than okay in grades and all that in in high school okay uh, pretty good in sunday school competitions and all that but uh, you know there was always this girl who was always better than me okay um, you know she uh, she always beat me in the you know memory verse or the whatever you know uh, she was always better and, and my dad had this habit of 
always pointing to her and saying, see, she did better. You know, I, I know he didn't mean that, but, but honestly, that, that, you know, bugged me, okay? Uh, bugged me to where I, I sort of hated that girl, okay? I, I've now lost touch. I don't even know where she is today. But, uh, you know, this is back in the, in, in, uh, in the Middle East. You know? So, uh, you know, be careful when you're comparing your kids, okay? Uh, like, I, I, I never, I try, but I don't say I never because I have. But, but I try when I look at their grades and all. Yeah, if they get bad grades, I, you have a conversation with them, but it's not, you know, it's not a conversation that says, hey, but Danny's better than you. Okay, Danny, but you need to do better than Danny. No, you don't. Okay, now maybe Josiah is not as smart as Danny or, or whatever in certain subjects, you know, but, but really I focus on, you know, are you doing the best? You need to glorify God. You know, and I do see that, you know, you're not spending enough time studying. Could that be why you're not doing well, right? So I, I think it's important that, that you point out to them that when they are trying to, to and one of the things I have with, with some of my kids is they're, they're very quick to point out that somebody else has done something wrong, right? And then you, you have this conversation with them, you ask them, you know what, you, you keep doing that, you keep pointing out what he has done is wrong. So that's sort of, sometimes it's tattletaling to get them, why are you doing that, you know? Uh, you're trying to get them in trouble, aren't you? And they'll say, yeah, you're trying, trying to get them in trouble. Why do you want to get them in trouble? You know, uh, is that a loving attitude? You know, uh, you know, is that is that what what the Lord wants you to do? And then you take them First Corinthians thirteen and you read it and say, you know, love is kind. Okay, love does not envy, right? Love love is not jealous. Right? Love does not envy. And you explain to them what envy, what jealousy is, and explain to them. So so I think you have to have those continuous, and it's not going to go away in one thing. But gradually, you know, what what you can probably see is that the child starts getting a better understanding, right? And so we need to we need to avoid feeding that competitiveness, okay, and the rivalry, uh, you know, and and trying to play one child against the other. We need to understand uh, how different each child is, uh, and and treasure that, right? Honor that. I mean, you know, praise them for for their differences. You know, yeah, you're not good at this, but you know, one may be good at one thing, one may be good at something else, and you know, sometimes we as parents value certain things more than others, right? So we we think that um, you know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe somebody is very very helpful around the house, okay? But uh, and somebody else is a bookworm, okay? And uh, doesn't uh, I, I mean when I if I look if I look at just I'll just pick two of my kids, you know, you got Josiah and you got Danny, okay? Uh, Danny is a is a bookworm, okay? He likes to read and he's reading and reading and reading. Josiah, I don't see him reading very much, okay? But but he's a, a bit of an artist, okay? And he does all kinds of funky stuff, you know. In fact, he. He aggravates um, Amachi because uh, he goes and, you know, those, those paper towel rolls, the paper towel rolls, yeah, he, uh, before she uses the paper towel, he'll go and pull out the cardboard thing because he does all kinds of stuff with it. He makes guns with it. He makes, uh, you know, uh, stick figures with it. And, uh, and then, you know, then you've got a paper towel without a, <laughs> a spine <laughs> and not very easy to use. So, so but they're, they're very different. Okay, One is little more bookish, one is a little more arty. Now, I could say, Josiah, why don't you? You need to be reading more. Look at Danny, he reads. You know, and then, the, then they get that impression that, you know, their skill is not valued as much, right? And, and their bent is not valued. So, so I think we need to look at, um, you know, what, how are we feeding? What are the messages, the feelers we are sending through the things that we appreciate? We need to make sure that we are appreciating the, uh, both, you know, both kids or all the kids and, and, and the, the things that they do. Right. And so that they get that understanding that, you know, the value 
is not in the competition. The value is not in being better than your sibling, but it's in yourself. It's in what you do, right? It's it's in uh, you, you are as a, you are you are an individual, creating the image of God. And uh, you know, I think I think we just need to think about all of these things. You know, when we deal with them, okay. Uh, but but try to practice this, okay? And I would like to get get some of your feedback. And and this is not easy. Okay? This is not easy. Uh, it, it takes a lot of work. But but I, I can I can I can um, you know I can assure you that uh, that as you do it and you are deliberate about it, you know you will uh, you know you will see uh, changes okay, in your children. Okay? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Anybody have any questions or any comments or observations? I'd ask folks to. You know, try practicing some of this. I know many of you have listened to this, uh, you know, this teaching for many, a uh, uh, couple of times, maybe, maybe more than that. Uh, and many of you have had, with little children, you've had opportunity to practice this. So yeah, I think it would help everybody if you just shared, you know, where, where, how it has worked or maybe how it hasn't worked and what have you done when it hasn't worked and has patience and persistence helped you in the long run. So. Uh, maybe I'm just looking for some of the more veteran parents here to, to uh, you know, to unmute themselves and speak up. Liju. Yeah, I, I, I think let me just uh, highlight a couple of things that I've experienced. Both Deepa and I have experienced. Mm -hmm. uh, you are right. One of the graphs of, um, um, you know, how do you deal as you are younger versus as they get older, I definitely have seen drastic differences mm. um, and in the old in the older years johan for us is now 9 yeah. and uh, you know the rod is much lesser although he does a lot of stuff that <laughs> that invites rod attention uh, mm. but yet i think over the uh, years uh, that has reduced very significantly and it's all about yeah. influence and, I, and yeah. we have seen that and we have seen that and obviously i think i think like also you said there are um, revelations of your own weaknesses in the mm -hmm. process of uh, child rearing. Um, and uh, there are times when you know, I would get very angry and, mm -hmm. and my short temper comes out and, and then I have to go apologize to, to yep. him for, yep. for, for messing up. But we have seen that um, and I have seen this modeled actually in in couple of people where, I mean, I do not know, maybe on the outside for or for the rest of us, what does it mean to discipline them? Um, uh, you know, by inviting them into conversations that say, "What did you do? What mm -hmm. happened? What did you do mm -hmm. wrong? And do you know the consequences for this?" So this is a thing where, like uh, George said, it might be a little bit of theory on this side, but we have actually implemented it, and it really is different. The conversations are different, and then they will cry out their own prayer, feeling, "I'm so sorry, Lord." I'm, you know, and yeah. you know. It's, it's yeah. very interesting, and I'm, I'm sure you, you would have done this, George. I mean, I yeah, many times you came home, um, and I saw it. I saw them doing it, and I was like, "Wow!" And that's not so difficult than than kind of blowing at them, and then you know, messing the whole relationship, right? Yeah, that that, that is my yeah. No, I, I think I think showing that you're vulnerable, and that's very important. I mean, the child needs to uh, needs to because see, when you think about anger, okay, what what are you doing when you when you're angry and you lose your cool? You're almost uh, you're almost presenting sort of this picture that, you know, uh, in a weird way that, you know, what you did is wrong and it's so wrong and I'm so perfect. So I'm sitting on judge in judgment on you. Right. Uh, and, and to go and acknowledge, you know what, uh, I do wrong things too. You know, dad does wrong things too. 
and and to realize and I, I can't tell you how many times when I I've blown up with the kids and then I realize oh man I blew it right and then uh, before I have a proper conversation with them I have to first apologize right I have to say I'm sorry that was wrong I lost my cool I shouldn't have blown up at you that way now let's you know I'm a sinner just like you so let's now sit down and talk about it right and then you have and they just you can just see that calm because when you get angry you know i've got several kids who who get angry back and you can see them gritting their teeth and and, and you know in that moment you can't have uh, a proper conversation okay uh, uh, and you have to calm down you have to acknowledge your own sin and that helps them realize that you know what when we talk about the gospel we're talking about ourselves we're not we're not presenting ourselves as some high and mighty perfect being uh, you know we need it as much as they do uh and uh, and it makes a big difference right so um let me pick uh, i'm going to pick somebody here uh, I, let me pick uh, pick a mom okay preeti are you there i see benji i don't know if preeti is there with you benji maybe from a mom's perspective um don't to volunteer please do i'm just I, about communication right yeah about communication and uh, yeah i mean the things that that have worked that haven't worked what have you done okay. um, so uh, lately because we all been at home yeah time to snap at each other and there's school going on and everything going on um, i find that sometimes we give a lot of um, correction and um, you know it's a lot of don't do this do this so i've been countering it with a lot of encouragement so you mm. especially on a day when i notice that you know i have said that you've done this wrong this wrong um, i've been consciously trying to uh, counter it with that much more encouragement so that they don't um, i mean they're not so discouraged in their spirit because mm-hmm. i think they're um, like some of them like dian especially is very high on uh, affirmation so if mm. you tell her if, if you tell her that uh, something was wrong then the whole day she is affected um so i think even understanding that 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 is really affecting your child and mm. countering that with as much encouragement and as much uh, building up rather than um thing so just uh, just noticing that okay but bella is not like the others aren't like that if i tell them something correct they are not as affected mm-hmm. um, yeah and- yeah thanks preeti it's it's great because you hit on a couple of important points one is is getting the balance and and, and it emphasizes the point i made about you know everything we're talking here about communication is not just about discipline right it's not just about discipline it's the entire gamut of our interactions with them right and and getting that balance and and, and it's a good practice to ask ourselves you know what um for this particular child am i am i doing too much correction and too much rebuke and is that my if i look at you know 80% of my interaction with them is all rebuking them uh, that will have an impact right and you need to balance it out with encouragement the second point that you uh, that came out of what you said um, you know is that every child is different okay uh, and that's really and i know mothers have a real sense of figuring this out uh, maybe at least in my experience more so than than fathers uh, you know i mean i've got nine kids they all have nine different personalities they all respond to correction differently um you know they uh, uh they're very different i mean uh, you know the way they respond to correction the way they respond to rebuke and all that and you have to tailor your approach and the way you approach them accordingly and, and that's very very important all right thank you for sharing that yeah anybody else wants to uh, 
wants to add maybe some of the younger parents george uh, um, there's a question in uh, uh, for you okay. in the chat uh, okay what do you do when your child has done something grossly wrong that he knows is not allowed which in a normal circumstance would deserve punishment but comes and confesses and apologizes how should we deal with him in such a situation okay so uh, yeah this is a very good question so i think i think this is where you blend you go back to the we going to talk about the rod maybe next week or the week after we'll, we'll get there eventually um you know the um uh, again i think i think it's important that you really understand the heart of the child so the fact that a child has done something grossly wrong and they have confessed it um you know what you have to figure out is are they genuine right or did they uh, are they coming to confess it simply to get out of trouble uh, are they really repentant right and uh, and that's where this whole communication and the, the asking the open ended questions comes in and there's no you know there's no formula answer i can give you here i think whether you leave it at um, but at a minimum you know you need to talk to them make sure they understand make sure they make restitution so i don't know uh, if you, what specifically uh, in this instance uh, was grossly wrong or this is just academic but for example if they have hurt somebody you know they've got to make it right they got to seek forgiveness from god seek forgiveness from their parent if they've stolen they got to make restitution they got to go own up to their thing and that will tell you when you when you tell them that this is what you have to do biblically you know this is what god requires of you and you gauge their reaction to that then you can tell you know what are they genuine okay do they have they genuinely repented um you know or are they just doing this to sort of get out of trouble because if their kids are smart okay they figured out that you know what uh, if i go and own up then you know dad will let me off the hook right uh, so again there's no uh, simple answer to this like it's not a formula like you know you always do this or always do that you know again you got to gauge the heart of the child draw out their heart right spend some time with them so and that would apply to anything really Okay any other comments so anybody have any uh, any other questions that was a good question thank you All right everybody seems to be hungry or uh, quiet or something um yeah so please do um do just go back over these chapters just couple of things i want to do next week maybe uh, you know there's an example in, in i got a workbook here i want to go through that example so we'll just kick that off and then we'll start talking about the rod okay i know many of you have been waiting for the rod but uh, but just remember that uh, you know that this is uh, you know the rod is to be used along with communication okay it's not uh, it's not the what is it the uh, the magic bullet to solve uh, all your parenting problems right uh, and uh, and it has a place which will which we'll talk about next week uh, but uh, ultimately you know communication and building that relationship is is far more powerful. Yeah. All right, thank you everybody.